not fuck with Chris, you know? Yeah, don't fuck with Chris, you know? I'll be a happy dandy host, I swear. <laughs> That's where you can start the podcast. Hello, everybody! Welcome to <laughs> Dance Robot Dance. Um, this is our special 50th episode. We made it, guys. Ooh. Halfway through 100. I don't know why I'm talking like I'm that guy from the Goofy movie. The Leaning talking Tower like of Cheese. Like you're from the valley. Like I'm from the valley. But hello, everybody, and welcome. Yes, this is indeed our 50th episode, and we have something a little fun, just a little fun, uh, in the works for you for this episode. But um, yeah, uh, it, uh, it's been a couple days since we talked to each other. There's been some crazy releases of trailer-wise and um, game-wise. Well, not game-wise. I guess it is a trailer. I'm thinking of Castlevania. Oops, Spoilers! But um, so I feel like we've got lots to talk about. But first, let's have a little check in. Uh, we got our regular crew here. We got Tim. Hi, everybody. Excuse me, I had to burp. And we have Mark. How's it going, everybody? Uh, and that's it. And me, Christy, hosting. Ha ha. So um, we uh, we got lots to talk about this week. So we're just gonna pretty much try to rush the news as much as possible but you all know how that goes when i host i say rush and then an hour and a half later we're like oh we should get more <laughs> stuff but um before we do that guys how are you check in how was your week yeah pretty good so far yeah, not so great but you know <laughs> oh no stirring conversation yeah mm-hmm. stirring conversation very exciting <laughs> a lot a lot of work not, lot, uh, not much of anything else just yet yeah, yeah, it's been yeah. it's been a, a busy, shitty work week so far. So I'm kind of, mm-hmm. I'm happy this is like the long weekend. Happy Canada Day, everybody! Happy like by the time Canada we put this Day. out, 150 yeah. years. 150 years, 50 episodes of Dance Robot Dance. You decide what's more important. Uh, I don't know. Colonization, mass killings of Native Canadian <laughs> people. And happy 4th of July to our American <laughs> audience. Yes. Happy I don't know Fourth if we actually July. have any American listeners. Eh, we have some overseas. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> actually, no, there's some people who've liked us on Facebook that are from the States that are probably oh people you know based on the demographics, but I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, Tim, you're in the U.S., we should am, have some yeah, listeners down American. there. <laughs> yeah, I have some of my friends that I, I don't know if they like listen regularly, but at least have listened a couple times. They just mm-hmm. don't mention it, which I usually think is probably not a good sign. So it's not the sort of thing where like I want to be like, hey, did you hear the latest episode? Like I want them to come to me and be like, yeah, your last episode was really good kind of thing. I don't get a whole lot of that. So uh, I just uh, I, I live in ignorance and maybe <sighs> they do listen and I don't know, but. I would rather not know than know that they're not listening. I don't know. I get the occasional person who'll come up, like, who'll message me and be like, I listen to the episode. You guys suck. And I'm like, yeah, it's, that's about right. Who says that? <laughs> well, Paul got on my dick about. Uh, oh, gross. Gross. Uh, gross oh, our, our commentary about Gillian Anderson last week. I don't know. Why. <laughs> oh, he didn't like it? He was very upset. Yeah. Why? Like, he, all caps. Her performances were flat, Paul. All caps. That's all I know. Is, I is, he just, is he just like all up her ass on the whole, like on every single uh, scene she's in? And no, American like, Gods, well, maybe maybe in American Gods is he is, and it's but like you would think out of the two of us, since I'm the big X Files fanboy, he would have been like, I would be the one who was like glowingly reviewing her, but he was he was upset. I'm not sure. Mm. So what I told them, what I told them was like, just move home and join the fucking podcast already, and then you can tell your fucking opinion to the world too, as opposed to yelling at me via Facebook Messenger. 
Yes. I'm so irritated by the Jillian Anderson critique. There you go. That's about it. But it was all caps. <laughs> like, quit yelling at me, Paul. Here's the thing, Paul. Here's the thing. It's one thing to love Jillian Anderson and appreciate that she is an absolutely phenomenal actress because she is. I mean, did you see her run on um, Hannibal? I mean, she was the ex- she was the X Files queen. There's no questioning about whether or not she was good. It's just that her performance in American Gods was a little bit lacking. But there's room for improvement, Paul. Yeah, we did a whole so episode. Many seasons. We did a whole episode on uh, you know bad performances. So everybody has their bad spots sometimes. And this wasn't even bad. It was just that it was a little flat. Uneven, yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, let's uh, let's get to the news. Let's get some news up in her. So I'm going to just like, I'm going to try and rush through these. But you know how we love to talk. So a couple of things that have uh, come out of the woodwork. Um, we have, uh, I think we talked about this already a little bit, but um, there's a couple new games that have come out that have been announced from E3 um, that for the Switch that aren't Zelda, and they we're talking about the new Mario um, with his terrifying hat. Did we talk about <laughs> the terrifying hat? Because I just don't like it. The hat that that in, like lets him control uh, other characters and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you watched any of the gameplay footage, Christy? Uh, a little bit. Um, I just it's it's the idea that it is like a, a hat that you know is mind control. I just don't. I don't know. I don't know. It's freaky. Mario's well, done to some some weird places. Mario Odyssey won Game of the Year at E3 this year, so it's apparently really awesome. It looks fan- It looks fucking awesome. It looked fantastic. I thought it looks. I'm actually excited to play it, which is the a first for Mario since like I was probably excited to play Sunshine last, and that was mm-hmm. kind of a letdown. Even, so. even though it's Mario in the real world for one level, which you like hated on endlessly when uh, that fucking trailer. That came. trailer. That trailer looked weird, but like it the rest of the game. It looks terrible. The trailer for the the part with the human world. Like, get out of here. Yeah, but the rest of the game looks amazing, so I'm on board now. I that's a day one purchase for me easily. So. I just I think it's weird for me to see the back of Mario's head, like the top of it. I mean, the top of his head. Would it be great if he had like a big bald spot or something like that? Yeah. Like that's why he always wears the hat is because he's balding, part, like got male pattern baldness. Do you never play Mario sixty four? No. Oh, you can lose his hat in that too. Oh, Cappy isn't <laughs> like his name. His hat has a name. <laughs> but um yeah and then like i was just i know it's a bit old now with um everything but i was just looking at it and i thought oh okay well, i'll throw my hat in the ring about that conversation ah! uh. um another big thing that happened uh, well not big but uh the first jumanji trailer was launched i don't know how to feel about it it does not look like jumanji and the cast seems a little weird to me isn't that the one with uh the rock and um amy pond yeah, yeah karen karen gillen I and mean, uh, Jack Black and yeah, I haven't well, actually we watched all, it yet. Watched like, it. We all know I'm in the bag for that. So I know because you love Dwayne. I do love Dwayne. <laughs> but like, it's kind of the idea that like it, it looks a bit like Community at the beginning, and then it's like weird, and then it's just Jurassic Park, but it's not Jurassic Park. I don't know. I didn't They're watch the Jurassic, trailer, Jumanji, but... Jumanji, not Jurassic Park. Because like Jumanji to me, when I was a kid growing up, it was a little bit scary and a little bit real in a good way. I really like the first Jumanji movie. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever seen Jumanji. What? It was it was a really good uh, good Robin Williams movie for sure. What do you mean yeah. what? When did it come out? Uh, uh like twenty years ago. Ni- yeah, like ninety late nineties, I guess something like that. Oh, so come on. Late, 
when I was in high school. I'm not going to watch a kid's movie. (laughs) It's not. But it's a kid's movie. Okay, whatever. Anyway, anyway, I don't know how I feel about the trailer. I will give it some time. It just didn't feel like Jumanji to me. So that's that's just me. And I like that The Rock is in a lot of stuff lately, but we'll see. The no. responses that I had, like people on my Facebook, were like, "This actually looks, you know, better than I expected it to," kind of thing. But I don't know, yeah, we'll, see. well, it's not a remake, which is, you know, it looks it looks a little bit like sort of Breakfast Club meets Jumanji. Yeah. Starring The Rock. Yeah. That's well, it's weird. it's okay. like it's like a group of students, I guess, that like get sent to detention or something like that, and then that's how they find the game and get sucked into it. Hmm. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so they're like the the. The actors that we're familiar with are avatars for the people in the game? Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. But yes, that's why Jack Black's like, I'm a middle-aged man, because he's a young, attractive blonde. Oh, I haven't seen the trailer, so... Oh, never mind. Um, watch it for yourself. Um, I'm watching it right now. Yeah, it's just... Yeah. It's yeah, like... We'll yeah, we'll see. I'm I mean, it's not the sort of thing that... It's not the sort of thing I would necessarily go out and see regardless, but I mean, mm-hmm. it... Uh, yeah. There's enough other stuff out there that I'm way more interested in than this. Yeah. But that's leading me to the next thing that we're going to bring up, um, which is that uh, Marvel gave us another trailer for Inhumans. <laughs> that trailer that leaked like a month ago. Did it? It did, yeah. It was on uh, like Vimeo or something like that for oh. like a couple of days or something and then got taken down. But I th- it, And it's, I think, almost exactly the same trailer. Yeah, well, I mean, they spent a lot of money paying someone to put that together. Why waste it? Yeah. yeah. But, um, I that was my first experience seeing it. Eh. <laughs> That's generally the response that I've seen most people having as well. I mean, I don't know. It looks interesting. It looks different, at least, than the other comic book shows that we've had. But it also looks like it looks a lot like sort of Game of Thronesy kind of stuff, like a lot of that palace intrigue kind of kind of idea. So, mm-hmm. And some of the writing, like the st- at least the stuff they put in the trailer, seemed like really sort of flat and... Yeah! Uh, and really sort of stock, like not particularly unique in uh, any way. So, I don't know. I mean, it looks interesting enough that I'll probably watch it. Am I going to go rush out and see the fucking premiere in IMAX in the movie theaters? Probably fucking not, but we'll see. I just, it kind of bummed me out that they just cast um, Ramsey as Ramsey again. Yeah, I got that impression too, for sure. It was nice to see Lockjaw, though. What? They did, it looks like they did, they've done a pretty good job with Lockjaw, though. The huge dog. Okay. I dig it. No, he looked pretty cool. He did look really cool. When the Breath of Air escaped, too, that was cool. Um, not with yeah. Lockjaw, but... Um, uh, that's Black Bolt, right, Mark? Black Bolt? Yeah. yeah. I don't know anything about um, Sorry, I'm just watching this for the first time. It looks pretty cheap. Yeah! It looks like they blew a lot of their effects load on Lockjaw, to be honest. Yeah. Like, it's filmed with IMAX cameras. But that And that's part of the problem, right? Is if they're trying to film a TV show on IMAX cameras on a TV budget, it's going to show. Like on uh, like the DC... Um, TV shows, that sort of thing. Like, they're not filmed in like super high def kind of thing, and they're not filmed to look like super realistic. Like, they're filmed to be pretty stylized, so you can get away with more. But here, they're trying to do sort of that super real uh, kind of look, and 
think to me though why against them yeah why do that on a show with a bunch that's pretty uh, relatively unknown marvel and i think we've talked about this on the podcast at <laughs> Peely wants to make inhumans a thing they have been trying to make inhumans <laughs> a thing for decades and it never it never clicks the way like x because what they want it now especially now they want it to replace the x-men in their mm-hmm. kind of like mcu pantheon um because right, they don't have, have the rights yeah because they don't have the rights to x-men right but the characters are they're about as interesting as the original x-men so like the original five x-men yeah and that they're not very interesting at all the x-men became the x-men only when they recruited like the giant size x-men team which included like colossus nightcrawler wolverine storm yeah. like when that part of the team kind of became or when that group became part of the x-men team that's when they became interesting and it's like the inhumans are always it's royalty which is relatively inaccessible it's all they're kind of alien like they're all living on the moon and stuff which is again not the most like accessible kind of idea like it's not anywhere near the level of like i can relate relatability sorry is the word i'm looking for that x-men has so it's a harder sell but they just especially recently push the shit out of the franchise and it never fucking clicks with anybody they would have been better off probably spending a lot of money and doing like an mcu movie um to get people on board because they need some money and they need that i feel like they need that team to kind of like i don't know work the magic of like making them something that everybody is going to get into because they've done they've done great work making kind of b-tier characters like international fucking like superstar like franchises ant-man guardians of the galaxy is the best fucking example right like yeah guardians is one of those things where like i knew what it was beforehand but i never really read any guardians of the galaxy um and the movie came out now like if i go to like like some random old lady at my office and be like, Hey, do you see guardians too? 95% chance. She says yes. And that she loves Chris Pratt. And it's like, well, there you go. So I don't know the T I always feel like the, the, the Marvel TV division outside the Netflix, like the, the broadcast TV guys, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I don't know what they're, I don't, I don't watch any of the shows anymore. Like I don't find them appealing. So I just kind of like, yeah. So this is again, like, and now right. I've watched and the trailer. You mean only agents of shield. Well, shield, even agent Carter. I was like, I was pretty like, lukewarm on what's that well, yeah yeah now, so. yeah true which is unfortunate because like she's awesome i just i mean the show was it's a period piece so it must have cost them a fucking fortune and it never looked great so yeah there you go yeah anyway, um, i don't know i don't know this whole human thing i'm just like well. we're gonna eat all these fucking words when it comes to the meat of the episode and we're having to do our own things yeah mm. <laughs> it's true <laughs> um but you know, I, I don't know. I'll I'll give it a try, but I just when you're this saturated with um you know, with superhero stuff, like why spend the money on a risk like that? But, I mean, I know a movie would probably be as expensive if not more expensive in a longer or in a shorter term. Mm. But like, I don't know. I just maybe it'll catch. I don't know. I don't know. We shall see. Yeah. Um, but, uh, on to the next piece of news, uh, Peter Capaldi in only has three more days in a Christmas special as Doctor Who. Oh, three more episodes? Yeah. Three more days. What? It says three more days on here, so it must be like three more episodes. Okay. Or like three more 
like days uh, on set or something like that until he's Maybe. done recording everything or whatever or taping yeah. Um, because he did not have the big smash hit of being the doctor that the last few did, did they? Did he? He no. he didn't have great writing. I mean, he has had some really good episodes, but uh, they've been fewer and far between than either Matt Smith or Dave Tennant had. Especially Tennant. Tennant tended like I found like every second episode with Tennant was something that I would be like, oh, I really like this episode when I was rewatching it. Yeah. Matt Smith, I was always kind of lukewarm on. Capaldi, I fucking love as the Doctor, but. I wish he was staying on for the new writing team. I feel like it's an awkward transition to be like new doctor, new writing team all at once. Like it could yeah. be kind of a, it's a weird decision to make. I understand why he wants to leave. Cause like he's an older dude. He wants to do other stuff, blah, 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 blah. Um, also when you haven't been given the writing, like why would you stay on for another? Season? Exactly. Exactly. He's had exactly one episode that I would consider a doctor who classic, like which after three seasons and the caliber of actor that he is, is really fucking like says really shitty things about the writing staff at this point. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, to be fair, I've only seen the first two episodes of this season. So maybe there's been some good stuff in here. I haven't seen. There has been one or two really good episodes this season. I mean, none of the stuff he's done has been like terrible. Like there's been one or two where I've been like, "Eh, I'm not crazy about it, but they've all been serviceable, but you know, you can't make a fucking series, especially a big budget series like that uh, on serviceable episodes. Hmm. No, it's true. Do you guys have any thoughts about who will be the next Doctor? Or have they... They usually keep it pretty quiet until the reveal, right? Yeah, it's usually pretty hush-hush. It's like the James Bond thing. Whenever they announce a new one, it's always like... There's a lot of rumors that float around, but nothing nothing concrete has been said about anything yet. So, And you're probably like a year and a half away from like actually premiering a new Doctor Who at this point. Yeah, at least... Because they usually take some time, right, between Doctors to... Well, they usually take yeah. some time just between seasons, uh, yeah. especially lately. The last like couple Capaldi, the last couple seasons, like the Capaldi seasons, have been very spaced out. Yeah, because he's been... It's been like four years with him since he was announced, right? Three, maybe? Uh, there's three seasons of him, I think. Yeah. That's why I'm thinking, it's... is it four years? Over. But it's been like it's been like four or five years since he's been like the doctor. But I think they've only yeah. got three series with him or something like that. Yeah, hmm. which is disappointing. They really get these like really short runs with these guys, and I'm always hoping. I was hoping Capaldi would be the one that would stick out like five years and do like something really epic. But I guess with the writing was just like not there for him, which is unfortunate. So well, you never know. The Christmas special might be great, and it might be the best way to send him off. They always kill him on a Christmas special. <laughs> always send them out on a Christmas special. Because <laughs> it pulls at your heartstrings. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've only got two more things in news. Um, the other one that was announced uh, today was some of the cast of Castlevania. I did see that. How do you guys feel? Hey, I'm so out of the loop today. What the fuck's wrong with this? Gaius, the guy that, the guy that voiced Gaius Baltar is uh, uh, voicing Alucard. I can't mm-hmm. remember who's voicing um, the... Richard Armitage, uh, right. who was Thor and Oakenshield in the Hobbit tri- trilogy, is going to be Trevor Belmont. Yep. And you've got, um, yeah, you've got James Callis uh, playing um, Alucard, who you said was Doctor Gaius. Um, Dracula will be played by another Hobbit star, Graham McTavish. And then mm. you He's have a lot of work right now. It's the yeah. Saint, Saint of Killers too. 
And then, yeah, you have um, Alucard's mother, Dracula's wife, is going to be played by Lisa Tepps, who's a Supernatural alum for you, Mark, and The yeah. Mentalist. Fucking Mentalist. Yeah. Do we have... I want, I want our listeners to tell me if we have one single fucking listener that has watched The Mentalist, and, 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 and then justify why. We have one, I know for sure. Is it sure. Paul? No, it's my mom. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Karen... Why? What? <sighs> what? I'm I'm pretty sure she I'm show. pretty sure she watches that show. Which one is that? I don't even know which one that is. <laughs> that's not Glenn Close, is it? <sighs> no, that's um no, a different thing. I'm pretty sure my I've caught I've caught my mom watching this show. I've caught in a moment of shame. <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't know. She'll let us know on the Facebook page. I'm sure it's like my mother and well, my mother-in-law watches all sorts of. My mother does as well. Watches all sorts of shit like that. Like. All those like crime procedurals and shit. Oh like, yeah, my mom watches all that shit. My, yeah, yeah, my mom loves some fucking like Law and Order, and my mother-in-law watches a shit ton of like NCIS. That's awesome. Yeah, mom, mom and dad love NCIS. Mom's. I know that for sure. Um, but yeah, I like the this quote on the article I'm reading about it. Um, that says, uh, it's gonna be written by the famed comic book scribe Warren Ellis. Yeah, but um, based off of <laughs> Castlevania Three: Dracula's Curse, and um, according to the producer Adi Shankar, the show is going to be uh, very much Castlevania, done in the vein of Game of Thrones, and it will be R-rated as fuck. I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, just a sec. I have to show you guys. Sorry, listeners, yeah, how my fucking it. dog lays right right by my chair. Oh. Like, yeah. he lays with his fucking head, like, touching or, like, under the goddamn wheels of my chair. Why? He's gonna die. But he does it all the fucking so time. My cat does the same thing. Like, he, also lays, he also lays like he's fucking dead. Why don't you put him on your lap? Because <laughs> he won't stay on my lap. And he'll just constantly lick my face and probably the microphone. He's so cute. <laughs> he is. I love him. Both your dogs are great. Both your cats are great, Mark. I don't have a pet because my apartment won't let me. <laughs> anyway, so that was because Mark was like deathly fucking allergic to it. He's allergic to cats, cats. to the yeah. point that it's bad. But like, he can have a dog, so one day we'll have a dog. Nice. Um, but yeah, the other thing I would, this is gonna be one of my this is gonna be my second last. But did you guys see the Death Note trailer? No, I saw some people talking about it, but I literally could care less so yeah i don't really have yeah i don't have any connection to this story but i know it's big yeah i think paul watches it uh i guess a lot of people were complaining about uh cultural appropriation and shit like that on it yeah it's a white dude with blonde hair yeah but uh, why dude but watch um, it now but I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a super oh, animated like concept. Nope, nope, can't do it. Can't handle it. Nope, I'm out. I can't. <laughs> you watched what? like 10 seconds and you were like, oh, fuck this. Oh, man. Ooh, was not prepared. Oh, right. The dude's Ooh. got a huge mouth. Ooh, no. Huge mouth full of teeth. Won't be watching that. <laughs> oh, my heart's beating so fast. Was... Oh, it is oh, It is Willem oh. Dafoe playing like the demon dude or whatever. Oh my God, that's so cool. Damn Will, it, I wish Willem I could Willem Dafoe's often, but no, you don't want to watch it because it literally the dude has a huge fucking Yeah, note. I have no interest. Um, Well, I do have interest. I have lots of interest, but I have a crippling dumb fear. But um, actually, uh, that makes me, in case Stu ever listens to our show, which I doubt, but I'm just going to say it. That son of a bitch 
I put up like, what's a gift that makes you, you know, that you think about when you think about me. And it was just for kicks, you know, just for fun. Motherfucker put up Alf. And I didn't know. I was like, oh, Stu wrote on my wall. And I went to go look and had a panic attack at work. Are, are you surprised? I am I was hoping he would be kinder. I don't think you was, know Stu very well. No. Now I know I've seen his true colors shining <laughs> through. And he's a douchebag. <laughs> well, he's not. Stu's not a douchebag. But anyway. Um, so the last piece of news that I... News. News, guys. News. News. We got some good news today. Good news. I don't <laughs> even know what accent we're doing yeah. right now. It's news. We it's got some good news. <laughs> All of the news will not be read like this. No. Okay, so I only clicked on this. I didn't actually read the article. I clicked on it because the title was hilarious. Um, and it was under science. Uh, we're finally considering a probe for Uranus. <laughs> yeah, there are a couple uh, Uranus headlines this week. I saw one that says uh, that said something like Uranus opens and closes nightly or something like that. <laughs> But lol of almost every joke we've ever made about space. <laughs> <laughs> At least it never got downgraded to That's like non-planet well, status like Pluto did. Although it then got re up, regraded. I may have I may have read stolen this from somewhere, but I was like having a uh like it's like a shower thought kind of thing where it's like if you were like asleep for like ten years or fifteen years and you woke up and suddenly somebody said like there's only eight planets, you'd be like something fucking really cool happened. Yeah. No, we just decided it no, wasn't just, a planet. No, we just decided no, it wasn't a planet. Yeah, yeah no. Like, just... nope. Well, something well, we just... really cool or really fucking terrifying. Well, one way or the other, but... You guys, no, it's just... It was, we just thought it was a moon. Why? Moon? What's it is? <laughs> it's too small. Yeah. It's too small, guys. But they are looking to study Uranus because... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> oh, that joke. <laughs> I'm 28. That never gets old. Yeah, oh, yeah. But they are looking uh, to study the planet because um, ice giants, which Uranus is, <laughs> trying to be serious. Uranus is an ice giant. <laughs> Uranus is Uranus is pretty giant, Christy. Not since I've been working. No, it is. It's still a giant. Um, I'm working. But stuff. But stuff. But um. <laughs> Ice giants defy a lot of our understanding of planetary formation. So that's kind of cool that they'll actually be studying one. <laughs> I've actually got friends that don't study Uranus in particular, <laughs> but that do uh, study um, like, uh, was it the moons of Jupiter? Jupiter? Yeah, like uh, Io and uh, Europa and stuff like that. I have friends that uh, do work on those because those are like icy bodies as well. And um, want to send icy like they bodies to do <laughs> um, But yeah, I have one who's a who's a professor at Georgia Tech, and she actually like goes down to Antarctica once every couple of years to like try out um, robots and shit that her lab group has made to explore under the ice and like look for crazy living shit and that kind of thing that's so cool i'm gonna get a cool job and she is like i won't say like convinced but she is very optimistic of there being like life under the ice on europa do you guys see that movie what the europa report or yeah. heard of it no no i've heard um, of it but i've never seen it 
It's like a horror movie, sort of like alien horror kind of thing, and they send oh. a probe to, or they send like a manned ship to Europa, and then they find like these huge, like living alien squid kind of things under the ice. And I don't think she's necessary. Actually, I think she served as a consultant on that movie, actually. Um, but I don't think there's actually anything like that under there. But I think she might think that there's like microbes or something living under the ice there. Mm-hmm. One sec, guys. Hey, honey. Could you could I do that after the podcast? Does it? I didn't smell it. <laughs> you have rotting garbage in the sink? That's nice. I, I'm not one to talk. Our sink's pretty fucking terrible right now, too. Need to do something about that. Maybe tomorrow. Uh, or, or I could just, just, or I could just leave on Saturday and then let it go for a week. There is that too. Well, Alicia will clean it. No, she won't. She does. She doesn't touch dirty dishes. Mm. My, my, we just clean the kitchen. So my sister's like, because it's Canada Day. Like my sister's ostensibly like moving out for like the summer. So I was like, the one thing you have to do is all the baking you did this week. You have to clean up after yourself, or I will. Come back down to St. Catharines on the weekend and kill you. Cause... So does she? Does she like go live at home over the summer? Or yeah, like my is she, she has um... teacher is she not? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. she like because um, one of my parents' friends has a like just down the street has a pool that she can just like go and use and that kind of stuff. So she just mm-hmm. and all her friends are down there and stuff. Like I totally, if I was a teacher, I would do the same thing. I don't know if I want to move in with mom and dad, but I'd probably spend a lot of time down there just because like everybody's down there. So. Yeah. But that does mean I get like the house to myself all summer. So <laughs> sounds like we just missed oh, something fun. Oh God! What? Extremely what happened? Hey, Mark, how's it going? <laughs> you breeding weird shit in your Jesus. sink? <laughs> so are you are you making new life? Are you making microbes? Uh... Under the icy crust of your sink? No, it's the dishwasher. Oh. It hadn't been washed in like a day. It smells like (laughs) chicken ass. (laughs) Chicken Uranus? No, it's not funny. It's so bad. It's not funny. (laughs) Oh, it smells like like when you you eat curry and then you poop. And then like, you know, if you let that poo sit for a long time. Is this then, something you've done? Well, I mean, some people forget to flush sometimes like, <laughs> in Korean restaurants. For, for several days. Okay, first of all, curry, not per, Korean. Yeah, curry, <laughs> curry is Thai. No, curry no, is... There's, there's no such thing as, as a Korean Thai curry. curry. There's Thai curry, yes. Thai but curry, that is but you can th- get Thai curry at Korean restaurants. Thailand is not Korea. You're just no. Asia racist. No, yeah. no. Oh, now, now we're going to get fucking angry mail from Paul. <laughs> you can get... From Korean restaurants, you can order a Thai curry. If it's a bad Korean restaurant. Inauthentic. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of things around here aren't that authentic. Well, you know, it's fair. Hamilton, I always, we always forget. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Blech. <laughs> Ugh. It smells so bad. Okay. Ugh. We're leaving all this in. Yeah. So, I think we're done the news. Ugh. God. Wait, I had a couple. Oh, you have news? You're not supposed to get news when I'm getting news? What are you doing? No, I was just... Uh, well, I, their early reviews, uh, embargoes are starting to be released for some of the later summer movies. So oh. um, Valerian and Spider-Man Homecoming are both getting pretty good uh, pre, pre-release pre reviews. 
which is nice to see because both of those I'm pretty excited about. I'm super excited for Spider-Man. And Valerian, like, looks, I'm sure it will be great, so. Yeah. Um, do you guys see, this one was really fun. Uh, Kevin Feige uh, confirmed that uh, Peter Parker appeared in Iron Man 2. I did see that. That's awesome. He was yeah. he was the little kid in the Iron Man mask in uh, that like puts his hand out and like uh, pretends to um, attack the villain. Yeah, yeah, in uh, in Iron Man two, it's P- it's it's Peter Parker like as a kid, like at the so... Stark Expo. Yeah, remember remember that scene where like one of the hammer hammer what do they call them hammeroids? Hammer- um, like <laughs> goes, to, goes to attack a little kid. I don't, I don't think they're called hammeroids. No, he calls them that in the middle of the movie. <laughs> I'm sure it was Robert Downey Jr. just riffing. Yeah. I don't know, but he, he, the thing lands. But like the kid's standing in the fucking park, and he's got like an Iron Man mask on, and he's got like yeah, the yeah. repulsors on, and he holds it up, and Iron Man swoops down, kills the fucking thing. He's like, "Good luck, kid," and then flies away. That kid's Peter Parker. Yeah. How do you know? Because they've just been talking about it all week. I mean, oh. it's 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 a retcon or whatever, right? But it's yeah, still absolutely. cool, you know, to to think that uh, Peter Parker has been kicking around the MCU and interacted with Iron Man well before. He actually became Spider-Man. And you never know. They could play into, like, that's how he was inspired to, like, he got yeah. his powers. What do I do? Oh, well, Iron Man's around. Like, that's his inspiration for being Spider-Man, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is awesome. Um, and then Are the only not- other one I saw was the, the SNES Classic. Okay, I was going to ask if we were, like, no, just not going to talk about oh, that. Oh, I forgot cause... about that. Sorry, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> So yeah, it's uh, gonna be coming out what September twenty ninth. It's kind of like the NES Classic or NES Mini or whatever it was that they released, and uh, it'll have like twenty one games preloaded on it, including let's where's the list? Uh, Super Mario World, Star Fox, uh, Star Fox Two, I guess, which was never actually released. No. Um, Contra Three. Oh, that's a great game. Donkey Kong Country, Earthbound, Final Fantasy Three, F Zero, Kirby Superstar, Kirby's Dream Course. Uh, Link to the Past, um, Mega Man X, Secret of Mana. Don't know what that is. That's an RPG. Street Fighter 2 Turbo, Super Castlevania 4, Super Ghouls and Ghosts, Super Mario Kart, Super Mario RPG, Super Mario World, Super Metroid, Super Punch-Out, and Yoshi's Island. That's a pretty fucking solid lineup. It's literally the only game that's missing from that is Mortal Kombat 2. Yeah, maybe they can get the rights to it or something. They probably like couldn't get the rights to it, but because like, a lot of a lot of these are Nintendo properties, right? And they uh, really, like, well, I mean, almost all of these, almost all of them, except for Final, um, Final Fantasy isn't. Final Fantasy isn't. Mega Man and Street Fighter are both Capcom games, right? Um, but they're also properties that aren't getting a whole lot of uh, play attention right now. these days. Yeah. No, that's true. So they Very could probably true. get them for pretty cheap. Well, Street Fighter actually has. The Street Fighter still has like there's oh, still also Capcom. Yeah, but yeah, I guess because there's that new what Marvel versus Capcom. No, five just came out. Like Street Fighter Five's out and stuff like that, and it's still active. They're still updating it. It sucks, yeah. but it's being updated. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, well, it's just it's super unbalanced and like there's no arcade mode to practice in, and there's all kinds of fucking oh. problems with it. It's like online. It's like online fight only, like versus only. And I'm like, I don't. That fucking blows. Well, I can't get my skills up to go fight these assholes online if I can't fight the computer, like on a yeah. like a good tangent. And it's just like this blows. So that's ridiculous. Why the hell would anybody release a fighting game where you can't like fucking play fight M- NPCs? Yeah, do an arcade mode. Well, you yeah. can, but it's like you have. To, it's like one fight at a time. Like you have to go and like select each time, as opposed to just being like, okay, I'm just gonna do the twelve guys. Over. Like, oh, okay. Kind of thing. So it's not. I don't know. Like I have quote it. Quote unquote story mode or whatever. 
Yeah. Mm. Um, it's kind of weird. But yeah, we'll see if this SNES actually, because uh, I guess the the NES Mini like sold out stupid, or the NES Classic or whatever sold out stupid quick, and then they never made any more. So we'll see if they do the same with this or not. Yeah, I like personally tried to like get one, but I wasn't like. Su- I mean, I have this all this shit on emulator that I have like four hundred controllers yeah. for. I'm like, well, I don't really need this. Yeah. The Super Nintendo one, I'm more like, I'm kind of. I'm more interested because the Super Nintendo is kind of like, I had an NES and grew up playing it, but like the SNES was really where I like, that was where like a lot of my big gaming moments happened. Like a lot of the games that you named, like a lot of those games are like games that I go back to and replay constantly. Like Zelda, Metroid, Super Mario World, Mario Kart. I still love playing that shitty old like 16 bit Mario Kart for no reason. Mm -hmm. Um, So like all of those are games that like I really like. So I'm curious to just kind of have one, but I'm like, I'm not going to lose sleep over it if I don't get one. So. Mm. Yeah, I would prefer this one to uh, the classic. The like, the NES one, yeah. yeah. I would rather they just fucking put the virtual console stuff up on the Switch already, because that still yeah. hasn't been announced. That's really starting to annoy me. So, but whatever they they're giving me Metroid at some point, so <laughs> they've got my money. Yeah, no, that one I'm looking forward to. Yeah, it'd be interesting. All right. That was those are the only things I had that we hadn't talked about yet. Yeah. Yeah, the SNES classic, I was like, are we not gonna talk about this? Christy, you video game nerd, you're <laughs> yeah, letting exactly. me down. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I uh... Well then give us a really good sting for our next segment then. I'm going to have to find something fun to do for our 50th episode to do with your voices this week. I'm going to, have to, find Yay. <laughs> to make us like Darth Vader or something. I That'll actually play into my uh, my my meat of the episode. I, I, I tried really hard last week to make you guys sound, try and make you guys sound like Soundwave, but I couldn't quite get the vocoder thing to work <laughs> properly. And I was like, it's way too late to be fucking with this shit. So I'm just like, I'm out. I'm done. So <laughs> there you go. Nice. Um, but yes. Okay. So, Geek of the Week. Guys, tell me, what's the geekiest things you did this week? Let's start with Mark. Oh, um, I don't really know. I've been kind of in, uh, I've been back drawing, actually, has been, I guess, I don't I know noticed. if you guys saw. Yeah. Like, posting some stuff. Yeah, even my Instagram has been, like, lots of sketches and stuff like that. Um, I've been really out of it the last little while. Um, especially, well, probably the past... Because we spend so much time, I spend so much time, I guess, working on this, I don't have as much time to kind of draw all the time. So I've been like really focused on like, I need to get back into regularly doing stuff. So even like before this episode, uh, before Photoshop crashed anyway, because the new version of Photoshop has been crashing on an hourly basis for me here, I was inking like up till like five minutes before I posted the links for us to like hop on and start recording. So fucking tracer. I drew the original, so fuck off and die. How does that sound? Oh, <laughs> no, guys, no, no. This is You're not even... Guys, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, no, so, like, it's been... it was It's just been, like, kind of working on different drawings. I've got a bunch that I'm, like... I've done the pencils on, and I'm moving into inking, and I did that color on that Phoenix, which kind of got my motor at least ambling anyway, if not, like, running. So. <laughs> Idling. Yeah, at least at least it's turned over at this point. So I have been like sitting down and drawing at night and stuff, which is nice. Nice to get back to after a little bit of a hiatus from whatever. 
not doing it, I guess. You're creating things, which is once again the theme of our 50th episode. It is. Just all this creativity going yeah. on. So much synergy happening here, guys. Mm-hmm. Synergy. Sorry, a bug just flew into my um, sherry, and now he's drunk. That's You're awesome. drinking sherry? Are yeah. you Are you 70? Uh, I do enjoy a good episode of Frasier. <laughs> If you had said Golden Girls, that joke would have been funnier. So. I've never seen Golden Girls. I bet you you would love it, actually. I think that would be a show that would be right up your alley. I've heard that before, that it's something I would desperately love. Do you normally... No, hold on. I, I need to go back to the sherry. Do you just, like, keep sherry around? Or is it just, like, I had it in the house, or I had it, like, to cook with, so I was gonna... And I needed a drink. No, Nana and Granddad make it, so they gave it to us. Oh. Oh, yeah. is this, like, bathtub sherry? No. Can you imagine that's a prison party? prison toilet sherry. Mm, prison toilet <laughs> sherry. My mom's first name was Sherry. So there Wait, you go. Wait, is she part of the recipe? <gasps> Come on, man. That's a bad joke. I did see. Oh God, I saw a really good story the uh, the other day that was. Uh, Dude. It had something to do with like um, a bar in Yellowknife that, uh, or somewhere up in like the Yukon Territories or something like that, where they have a shot um, that you have to take with that the has toe, a, with the fucking toe, with the yeah, like, I saw preserved, that too. with the preserved toe in it, and somebody yeah. stole the fucking like dismembered toe, like because people lose their fucking like appendages to frostbite all the time up there, right? Uh, it was actually on the. Um... So, like, last podcast on the left has, like, there's a bunch of fucking podcasts that are attached to that studio now. Mm-hmm. And the one that they've been doing since before last podcast is called uh, Roundtable of Gentlemen. They covered that story this week, and it was <laughs> repulsive. So <laughs> I was laughing my ass off. I almost got yeah, an I think, accident. I think it was on, like, last food store. or something like that. But, yeah, yeah that was fucked. Um, yeah, it's pretty funny. Although, I guess it sounds like... Moms. <laughs> <laughs> The worst is how, like, Christy got upset, and, like, Tim immediately just, like, I'm not sure if he was blushing, because I don't have him up on my screen, but he immediately got bashful and stopped making eye contact when that happened, and that's the only reason (laughs) I laughed at that joke, because even Tim was like, I think I went too far, just, like, put his head down, I was like, oh, no. Oh. 50th episode was Christy's last. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. You have a good sense of humor, Christy. Yeah, dead mom jokes are super funny, Tim. Super funny about dead moms. <clears throat> it is kind of funny how the comedian of our group is uh, the most sensitive out of all of us. I'm sensitive about certain things, like dead moms. Yeah, well, that's that's that was inappropriate, but I'll give you that. I I'm still fucking laughing, so I don't. I I've got no fucking leg to stand on here. Yeah, why yeah, let's just keep laughing about my dead mom. Okay. Well, why don't you keep fucking talking about it? So yeah, we let's can move on. Then. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I hope you're laughing to this because of your reactions. Like I'm, you're red. This beer I'm drinking is really high alcohol you. percentage. Karen scolds you. I'm sure she will. And... <laughs> I was going to make a joke about getting turned on by that, but I won't. No! <laughs> so just fucking write on your wall. You know that, right? Like... My, mo- my mom only listens to the fucking podcast if we're talking about Christmas shit, so I'm I'm in the clear. So she... Okay, so she literally listened to, like, one of the worst episodes we ever did. That's that's kind of nice. 
<laughs> Only for you, because you fucking hate Christmas. Oh yeah, you're, that's that's what it is. Yeah, that's why that episode sucks. <laughs> <laughs> is it my turn? Yeah, give me your geek of the week. <laughs> I like uh, it when Christy shuts down while she's hosting the podcast. That's always the best. It happens episode. every time. Because you're so sensitive. Stop being oh, so I'm, sensitive. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. I'm so sensitive about my dead mother. Quit talking about it. I'd like oh. to say that I just like threw oh. it out there and left it, and Mark is the one that's fucking beating it to death now. I've literally never said anything except for you're still laughing. That's all I've said. Tell us your geek of the week, Tim. Tell us your geek of the week. Uh, let's see. For me, <laughs> um, I uh, I did a little more iPod hacking this week. That's probably my geek of the week. So my uh, my old good old iPod Classic was not so good, and well, it was old but not so good. The uh, headphone jack on it sort of stopped working like it would only work through one headphone unless i like constantly had it like pushed in or tilted to one side kind of thing so i ordered a um, replacement back to it because the headphone jack is like part of the back of it and uh i'd also been looking at getting like an uh extended life battery for it and you have to like take off the back to replace that anyway so i did all that i replaced the you didn't do all that when you're uh, when you did the SSD upgrade. No, I thought about doing it, but uh, I I didn't end up doing it. Uh, it. This was all sort of like uh, catalyzed by the fact that the headphone jack stopped working. So I was like, well, I'm gonna go ahead and throw the uh, exp- expanded battery in it anyways because I have to get the extra back and the like expanded capacity battery is like almost the whole size of the iPod, like the whole height of the iPod. So you have to get a thicker back for it. So my iPod gained some weight on the weekend, but it works better now in that I can hear out of both ears while using it. And I always feel pretty fucking nerdy when I'm like, you know, breaking into something that isn't really supposed to be user serviceable like that, especially the fucking iPod classics. Yeah, it sounds like you brought it back from the dead. (laughs) You really want to hammer that home, don't you, Christy? I did kind of. You you resurrected your iPod classic. I'm (laughs) listening. Like like Jesus. Yeah. 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 I mean, because they don't make them anymore, and they're fucking expensive to buy new ones now. So yeah, there's no. I I was looking for a um like a like a replacement, like a like whatever, like you could buy that was just like a like a digital audio player, and they don't Mm -hmm. make anything like that anymore. So it's no. There was there was that like what. Uh, what was the fucking triangle shaped one that Neil Young was fucking pimping Pogo? for a while? Or Pogo, yeah, Pogo, po- or... Pogo or something like that. Something yeah, I can't like remember, that. but it was. I guess the the uh uh like big selling point there was supposed to be like it would only take uncompressed audio, which well, it would take it would only take flack or something like that. Yeah, exactly. So flack is uncompressed, and so yeah. you know you're getting closer to like an actual like record experience or whatever. And well. It's compressed, but it's lossless. Po- Pono, that's what it was. Oh no, that's it. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, lossless. Um. So, uh, yeah. No, there's really no other option out there. And I talked about this, I don't know, a couple months ago on the podcast too, where like people were talking about like where I made a comment on a BuzzFeed article about how I still keep my iPod Classic because it's like the only way that I can keep all my music with me and not have to be tied to the fucking cloud. So. I'll just keep fucking Frankensteining the shit out of it until it dies completely. 
Yeah, when I did uh, the SSD upgrade that I, I think my mom inherited, uh, I, I did the battery and like the headphone jack, just did like the whole thing while I mm-hmm. had it open because it was just like, I'm like, I don't want to crack this fucking thing open again for another five no, years. Because so. every time you open the back, you fuck it up because yeah. like they're not really designed to be opened. So. Well, you're never supposed to open them, right? Like they're not, yep. it's Apple shit. You're not, they're not they don't yeah. want you opening their stuff. So Yeah, exactly. Well, it's designed to die after five years. Oh my god! Planned obsolescence. Oh, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. I, it wasn't. It te- they really are though. A lot of their products. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Alicia, Alicia just had to update her uh, her MacBook because uh, like she only gets because she's a graphic designer. She uses it so heavily for that sort of stuff. She only gets like a maybe three years out of them before they just start acting up to the extent where she really needs to just buy a new one. So she did. She was able to get like a seven hundred dollar credit for her old one, like just for parts. Yeah. kind of thing because there's so many websites out there that will buy old uh old old apple product but well they like the chassis and stuff like that too for like hacking yeah. them and stuff but like the uh the logic boards on the macbook pros tend to cook pretty quick because the video cards usually integrated on them yeah, so they, yeah. Like, they, they'll they'll cook pretty fast um especially I, if you're using them for like heavy graphic design stuff where you're you know you're if you're editing pretty hot video or something or like rendering that. and yeah, yeah. Anything, anything 3D or video is gonna fuck up a computer pretty fast. Wow, that definitely is some sherry, Christy. That is a nice amber color. It's pretty good. It gets you, <laughs> gets you tipsy quick. Yeah, it'll yeah, get uh, you drunk. Why don't you tell us your geek of the week, Christy? Why am I hosting <laughs> oh, wow. this episode all of a sudden? <laughs> I don't know why you're hosting all of a sudden. Um, but uh, my geek of the week was, guys, I did it. I finally started Mass Effect Andromeda. You told you us this last. La- that was your week. geek of last no, 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 week. No, 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 no. I like heavy. Got into it. Oh. Like a solid like five or six hours. All right. And, and start- yeah. It's not. It's not Mass Effect yet. In fact, I started watching. My real geek of the week is that I started watching an LP of Mass Effect Three with a Kate and a Lincoln relationship because I just need to feel like I'm home again. Was this before or after you watched the Let's Play of, uh, what, the 11th Hour or whatever it was? Oh, yeah. You were talking with Marty about that on our Facebook page? Look at that. See, we read our fucking Facebook posts and comments and shit. I think it's pretty easy to tell that we do because we all reply within like five minutes. We're all so fucking excited to get a notification. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. Somebody fucking posted on our wall. Somebody's actually listening. That's why I like it um, when you guys were talking earlier about, like, having listeners and responding to them um, at the beginning of the episode, I was like, yeah, Michael Taylor's great. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, that guy like is great. He's always commenting and telling us that he's listening. Yeah. Yeah. Him, him and, uh, and Blake and Marty yeah, now. Great. Yeah. Marty. Yeah. It's nice. It's nice actually having conversation. Yeah. All, all 45 of our listeners. It's uh, very exciting. <laughs> we are actually, oddly enough, we have 400 follows on Facebook though, which I don't, do we understand the math on that yeah no because we've only got like 350 likes or something like that 393 likes actually plus four this week we're at 400 follows we're getting close to another fucking uh milestone here yeah milestones left and right right folks i wish i wish it had been 500 follows for the 50th episode I actually no. I just wish that like a hundred of these people listen to the actual podcast but i don't think that's the case so (laughs) one day one day Maybe but, if yeah. uh, all of the members shared the podcast on a weekly basis, that would be... <laughs> all of the hosts, yeah, yeah, it would be very helpful. That probably would be 
couple. My brother shares the episodes, I think, more consistently Aww. than the YouTube bastards do. So. Hey, I, I do it oh, almost, almost every week. Pretty much every week. Christy, Except Christy's I'm convinced that like us. Facebook doesn't show it to anybody, even when I do share it. Ah, uh, that's entirely I think, possible. I think Facebook shows it to too many people when I share it. <laughs> like your Nana? Yep, I don't want Nana to see it. Or my aunts <laughs> and uncles. No, you thank can, you. You can share it to specific groups, you know that, right? Like, you know how to, you know, you know how to use Facebook? It's a lot of work. Yeah, but we, we, we could use the listenership. <laughs> we are 50 episodes in. Yeah, all right. All right, I'm done. I'm right. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, more visual no, bits geek, yeah my geek of the week was very just mass effect heavy again and i'm pretty sad to be done dragon age i'll probably download the dlc at some point when it goes on sale but right now it's not on sale um and uh yeah i'm i ugh, mark said if he gets a playstation pro in we can get it and apparently witcher 3 looks friggin phenomenal on it now that you know that the PlayStation Pro exists? Yeah, I didn't know that. Not, <laughs> the PS4 no. Pro exists. I this is an education for all of us, this this podcast. My question is, like, when I've mentioned it multiple times about thinking about buying one, what did you think I was talking oh. <laughs> That explains why you're still stuck at that college, Christy. Like, I knew that the fucking thing... <laughs> What's that? I... I knew that it exists, and I'm not even a fucking, like, heavy gamer like you guys are. Guys, I'm just so busy, okay? I had an improv show last weekend. You did. So I'm pretty sure it's been announced for longer than that. Oh, dogs. Thank you for licking my elbow. Oh, he's being being really cute. He's, like, pawing at my elbow, trying to get me to give him attention. I can't right now. Yes, you can. (laughs) Winston, you want to say hello? Winston, come here. Pause the elbow. I like I like that I get to say it. This is riveting fucking podcasting, guys. Oh, look how cute he is. He's just putting stuff on you. Hey, bud. I don't usually leave my door open when I'm podcasting. That's why he keeps coming in here. So well, because he, plus he hears you talking, which is an automatic like dog sign that they need. To yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. What's going on in there? My friend's dog doesn't like it when um he kisses his wife, uh, and so. Um, jealous lover no seriously molly gets pissed like when mark and i were watching her she um would get obnoxious when he and i would kiss she'd just be like "Ah!" or like come right up in between us and like put her face in my face because she liked me better my uh my dog that my dad kidnapped does the same thing with my mom and dad if they get even remotely affectionate towards each other and she's around she will like try and insert herself lose her mind (laughs) It's it's not it's not even like lose her mind. She just tries to like get between them. Like he's mine. He's mine. She loves my dad so much. Possessive. Yeah, yeah, very possessive. Which is the same. Our cats are the same way. If my sister pets Ivy, like the cute one that I that always comes to me, um, cute. the other one, the black one, will come over and like get in the way and push Ivy out of the way. It's really weird. Mm-hmm. Nui used to do that. My cat. She would just like nuzzle her way in, and you'd be like, Nui, I'm trying to pet Carmel, and she'd be like, I don't care. All right, I might have to revise the geekiest thing of this week because it may be um, bagging these Wonder Woman comics while podcasting. I look forward to trying to edit out the tape noise. That's going to be yeah. fun. It shouldn't be that bad. No it's, I'm not like peeling it off the plastic kind of thing, so I'm That's thinking true. it's not going to be, shouldn't be too loud. It wasn't too bad last week when you were doing, you were bagging shit last week or whatever you were doing. Or you were just boarding, you were boarding. I was boarding bags last week, yep. Yeah. 
Nerd. Um, nerd. But nerd I think alert. that's what leads us, nerd alert, leads us into the meat of our 50th episode, guys. As it we does. are once again an hour in before <laughs> we get to the goddamn meat of the episode. Yep, we ramble like fuck. Uh, well, there's got to well, be at least like 10, like, minutes. 10 minutes that we can cut out, so. Yeah. But, um. The anyway. meaty story time of the episode. Story time meat. Can you imagine if that was a tradition? All right, everyone, gather around for story time and souvlaki. I'd be down. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Get your pork chops, kids. Yeah, like fucking like uh, you know, some a good story time and like some kebab or something like that. A leg of mutton. Yeah. <laughs> Just like a pork shank. Or like like one of those big like fucking Disneyland like turkey legs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Visual gags. Double that meat. <laughs> so anyway, for the meat of the episode this week, where you decided to do something a little bit fun. Um, before because we don't do fun any other time. This is the only time yeah. we decided to do fun. Podcast is usually just like Podcast fucking boring, dreary, and yeah, yeah dreary and. <laughs> Chris, you're not gonna let that one go. No, no, I will not. <laughs> As you wear a flux capacitor shirt, I wish I had a flux Ooh. capacitor. But anyway, um. <laughs> So, um, what our episode about for the meat is, um, we all decided that, <laughs> that we were- That was a good sentence. What the episode is about because the meat, um, <laughs> we decided we were going to pretty much, uh, tell you guys what our biggest fan fiction would be for, um, like a story or an arc that we would really have liked to have seen, um, and that we've imagined for our favorite, um, either TV show, book, movie, game- um and we uh we want to hear what you think and if you have your own if you would write them down and share them with us maybe we'll feature one on the episode um and read it out or do something kind of cool we haven't really decided yet but this is probably um going to be something that we do more than once but we'd love your feedback and we'd love to hear what you think about our arcs and our ideas some of them will be more flushed out than others <clears throat> mine won't be that flushed out but um <laughs> like a, a dance robot dance like pitch meeting basically yeah exactly so it doesn't have to have dialogue or anything like that, but uh, just we don't have any money. We don't have any money, or we can't green light any of this. It's just us giving our ideas out for free. Dream. Yes, dream, dream, dream. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yes. Yeah, so why don't we get the ball? The ball. Let's get the ball rolling, guys. What's <laughs> <some> use? <laughs> I'm drunk. No, I'm not. Uh, but yeah, so first of all, why don't we go around and we can just say what each of us, um, what our topic was, why we chose it, and then we'll get into the stories. So, uh, Tim, why don't you start by telling us what you decided to, uh, think slash write slash, um, come up with. Uh, so mine is going to be sort of a, a Star Wars universe, uh, idea, and it's just Star Wars is one of my, like, main things that I'm really into and have one of the things I've been into for even longer than I've been a, been into comics. I mean, since I was a little, little kid, I've watched the Star Wars movies and then got very much into the uh, TV shows, like the anime, like, Ewoks and Droids, and then later on, like, Clone Wars and Rebels and stuff like that as well. Um, and so... And also, I saw this uh, article today that uh, was titled, Star Wars is all the same nowadays, and it's becoming a problem. And this was only, only I only saw today, but ties in very directly to like the uh, sort of Star Wars series that I want to pitch. 
Mm-hmm. Very um, cool. Yeah. So keep the rest. Um, yeah. Mark, what about you? Um, mine is, well, like, I... I <laughs> for the longest time, I think we've talked about it ad nauseum, and me drawing again is part of, like, part of the process here, but um, I've always wanted... I wanted to work in comic books. I've worked very hard for a long time trying to break into comics, and the... Um, pinnacle of that would have been working on a batman book um so i yeah batman is my favorite character um no yeah by a long shot um so i had um paul and i do this a lot this is the kind of thing paul and i sit around and do um well we'll just kind of rap about stories and stuff like that paul's a writer too um, exactly (laughs) and so we'll we'll not pitch stuff but we'll just kind of come up with arcs and stuff like that as we're sitting around bullshitting and drinking and stuff like that and this is one uh for batman like the one that i want to talk about tonight i've got a like we could do this episode 14 times i've got dozens of these well that's the idea i think that this around. is just this is just a fun to start but the uh the batman one is the the one that uh i decided on so there you go All was right. there another question was there another question in there i can't remember anymore no no that's that's Sorry. Start off. My, my 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 credit card company just called me they're trying to uh authorize a a thing so <laughs> like loss, yeah. loss prevention loss prevention just called me i just ordered myself I, I i splurged and finally bought myself a surround sound system and in spite of the fact that i use my credit card like ad nauseum for StubHub for like hundreds of dollars they were like wait we gotta flag the surround sound system that he ordered why <laughs> and i'm like no guys i bought that this guy clearly doesn't like audio he just yeah. goes to concerts yeah, constantly. So, <laughs> anyway, it was just the weirdest thing. Anyway, sorry. Uh, no, that's great. Um, and it's funny because um, I've I could have guessed what each of your universes would be that you'd focus your first one on. Really, right? I didn't think Star Wars would be that obvious. Oh yeah. Really. Although oh, I think yeah. I might have mentioned it before. I had I had three. I was I was debating between three. I have a very long, very detailed Ghostbusters pitch that I actually did one time talk to the guys at idw about doing um and then they picked somebody else to pencil the book so that dream was squashed and then i haven't i have a transformer story that's it's for it's pretty similar in like kind of overall concept to the batman one but it it's it's transformersy so there's yeah. more there's more transforming robots in it. Yeah, there's more transforming robots there is no transforming robots in my batman story so <laughs> there are transforming robots in some batman stories though Yes, but my story is kind of a year one story, so. Uh, I gotcha. They're, they're doing a lot of those right now, too, so maybe you got a chance. I know. That's the other one I would have guessed you would have been doing, though, was uh, Ghostbusters. Yeah. Oh, I have, I had um, 43 issues plotted when I walked in there. Yeah. I was wow. ready to go, man. I had almost a full comics worth of pages done for them, and I had, like, pitches for stories for... That's four years worth of books right there. So, Oof. yep, no go. What are you gonna do? <laughs> Cry. Designing bank shit now. Yeah. Paying those paying those bills. That's why yeah, you applied bills. for Ubisoft, though. That's true. I did. I, I did. Actually, well, I have to tell you this one afterwards. Is a funny fucking story about my current job that was hilarious in terms of like applying for jobs. But I'll tell you later. Okay. <laughs> um, for me, what was though, yours, mine, Christy? Mine is. Um, I bet you guys can can guess. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Oh, good guesses. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say Mass Effect, but I was like, no, it's gonna be Harry no. Potter. Okay. Mass I would have guessed Harry like... Potter or uh, the King Killer Chronicles. Yeah, the shitty fantasy one. How dare you? <laughs> okay, Tim. You know what? Why don't you just take the spade? That hurt almost as much as the dead mom comment. 
You keep bringing it back up, Christy. We can't be held accountable for making jokes about it now. Now we're just uh, going to make jokes about it again. Now it's a callback no, because no, you made it a callback. Don't make it a callback, please. Yeah. I'll cry. No, again. you stop well, making it a callback. I'll cry. Um, but uh, no, I um, I was very, very close to picking. The thing about the King Killer Chronicles, it's not done yet, so I don't feel like I have any rights to um, give it any sort of um, like commentary um, mm. about where it should go. Because uh, I'm I'm more invested in seeing what Rothfuss does with the universe. When it came to Mass Effect, um, I'm so wrapped up in my head about Andromeda right now that I, I don't think I could... I mean, m- my Mass Effect would be a hot romance between Gareth Vakarian and I. I mean, like, I, I don't well, know why writing, like, a movie about picture. that. Triple X-rated no, uh, no. barbed penis. Yeah, no, I mean, like... Um, <laughs> I think I've seen that porn, actually, so... Uh, was it me starring it? Because if it wasn't, I don't want to hear about it. Was it the um, E.T. one? Yes. No. <laughs> I have some weird porn taste. There guys. is an ET porn. To... Let's not talk about that. Let's not no. talk about. We could talk about porn when we get to like episode like five hundred ep- and I'm, episode I'm a completely yeah. yeah when I when I'm a complete this like shattered shell of a human being like <laughs> then we'll talk about my weird porn taste. All right, that's cool. <laughs> hi mom. How's it going? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I was gonna make another dead mom joke. Don't. 500 episodes a long way off, guys. Who knows what's going to happen, right? <laughs> Sorry, Karen, but who knows how long it'll take us to get to 500 episodes. Oh, we're we weekly. Could, we could, ha- we, we are could weekly. have hiatuses. Who knows? No, I, I do not allow that to happen. One of you guys left to die for that to happen. <laughs> anyway. I said weekly podcast when we started. We're doing a weekly podcast. <laughs> Whether it's just me rambling for an hour or not. There you go. <laughs> just Mark. Just sad, like talking guys, I really into like the ether. I really love Pearl Jam, guys. Just over and over. Yeah. It's like I like this song, and yeah. I also and like this, this song, yep. and this song, and I want Eddie Vedder's dick inside me. Ew. Not, so not an Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see where that goes. But for now, uh, all right, Tim, why don't you take us on a on a journey through your universe? All right, so like I said... I feel like it's going to be like the Patton Oswalt um, filibuster from Parks and Recreation. <laughs> now, here's my question. Do we let Tim just pitch at us, or can we pitch in as no, we're I, along? Yeah, absolutely. I want, I want like, uh, feedback and and, uh, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Like, I want this to... I think that this should feel like... I'm saying this as Christy's fucking hosting, but, like, should feel like, you know, an actual, like, pitch meeting where, like, people are, like, blue sky and kind of stuff, and... There's back and forth and that kind of thing. Paul's going to be so angry he's not on this episode. Oh, <laughs> Paul. Maybe he should move back home. That's And that's what I said to him when he started bitching about Jillian Anderson. So, <laughs> um, so I'm going to preface this by saying that, uh, my, like I said, I'm a, I'm a pretty big Star Wars fan, but my knowledge of the expanded universe is not great. So I've I played a couple of the games. Like I played the Jedi Knight games, but I haven't played any of the games set like well earlier in the star wars universe like the uh, knights of the old republic i haven't yeah yeah, i haven't like read any of the comics i've read maybe one or two of the novels but they were all like set in sort of the um you know quote unquote modern like the skywalker era kind of thing Mm -hmm. uh so some of the stuff that i'm gonna say may have already been covered in a lot of the expanded universe stuff but a lot of that has been thrown out the window in terms of canon now so it's still sort of fair game yeah um so I'm pitching a TV series, a high-budget like uh, cable series 
called either I'm able to to decide if I want to call it like the Force Chronicles or Chronicles of the Force, one of the two. And uh, it said be like high budget cable TV. It would be focused on Force users, but completely unattached to the uh, Skywalker family. Okay. Um. So it Jedi and Sith and sort of the in between because you know some there has to be Force users that are not one or the other, and it really focuses on sort of like the mysticism of the uh, of it overall and sort of the religion surrounding it. Um, I want it to be sort of like an anthology series. So not necessarily uh, like one ongoing story, but basically it could encompass any story about a force user that doesn't directly impact sort of the, the modern continuity that we have. So, you know, there's thousands and thousands of years of history in the Star Wars universe, right? I want to know more about how the force evolved throughout that history. Um it's it's the sort of thing that I don't think would necessarily fit really neatly into a, a feature film. Like some of the stories could be like a single episode where it's just like this one guy like finds out that he's a force user and how that impacts his life or whatever, or this alien or something like that. Or it could be like uh, you know a few uh, episode arc or something like that. There could be like tie-ins between them. It could involve characters that we've seen, but much earlier. Like I'm not talking about doing anything really in the era that we've seen on screen so far. I want to go like basically all history, like hundreds or thousands of years before kind of thing. Um, some of them could be like really huge, like grand stories with like game of Thrones level production value. Others could be like very personal sort of like bottle episodes, like local stories that would be relatively cheap to produce. So you've got sort of a balance there. You know, you could have like an episode that's basically all takes place. Like, this person finds out they're force sensitive, like living on a farm or something like that. And that's the entire episode is just how they deal with that and how it affects their life or something like that. Um, obviously you could have a lot of like aliens and stuff like that in it as well, which I think would be neat to, cause that's, we don't have a lot of uh, information about the other alien species that really occupy the star Wars universe um, with the exception of maybe like Wookiees and whatever the fuck Yoda is. Um, it sounds a little, like a little American Godsy with the idea of like episodes that don't necessarily relate to the main story. There's an old, the, um, there's an old series, um, and it's Buffy, but it's not, it's not Star Wars. It's Buffy, but like uh, it was called Tales of the Slayers. That was kind of like this, where it went back in time and like mm-hmm. followed through like other Slayers stories and stuff like that, and they would do. Because my my first instinct is to be like anthology series don't work on TV. Like it's one of those. It's such a hard but sell. The budget's they, so high on that kind of thing. Yeah. When you build sets and then it's like what gone. And I don't. I'm not like I think it's a great idea. I'm just wondering realistically. This is a comic book to me. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you could get maybe not me because aliens aren't really my thing to draw. But like <laughs> somebody who's good at that kind of shit to just draw whatever with no budget. They they don't work today, but they have worked in the past. Like there have been yeah. shows like Tales Tales from the Crypt mm-hmm. or like uh Masters of Horror or Amazing Stories, the Steven Spielberg series, that sort of thing, that have worked in the past True. and and are looked upon with a lot of fondness, even if they maybe only lasted a few seasons kind of thing. And if Is there's Tales from any... the Crypt looked at it with fondness? By people in the horror that are That's horror. Yeah. Um, so, but I think if there's any universe 
where there's a, enough of a built-in audience yeah, that's for true. this, it's fucking Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like even more so than you know than like DC or Marvel or anything like that. It's fucking Star Wars. Oh, yeah. for sure. Um, well, Star Wars is very much like our mythology these days, right? Like, yeah. I mean, Marvel and DC is there too, but like, I feel like Star Wars is like our generation's like whatever bible stories like that kind of shit like it's just on that level at this point so mm-hmm. you're right in, in terms of like if you were going to be able to like launch this series with any inside any franchise you're looking at like i don't even think you could do this with star trek you'd have to do star i Wars. thought about you i thought about star money. trek too but yeah i have a couple star trek ones but i'm always like it's hard to pitch something where like the sets cost so much to build that like mm-hmm. just gonna be like no fuck you we're not tearing down this bridge we built because it cost us five million dollars and yeah. We're staying on that shit for seven years, so we recoup that cost. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but uh... but no, I like I like the idea. Like you could do all kinds of stuff because like I remember I, that one of the only RPGs I ever played was Knights of the Old Republic on the original Xbox, and the kind of like pan Asian kind of influence they had in there, where like they're all kind of like Ronin samurai and all that kind of stuff floating mm-hmm. around, like was really cool. And not having it tie into that like the Skywalker saga that the whatever the actual movies are is always interesting. Star Wars got such a cool universe that you can just kind of play in that. Yeah. Your storytelling potential is like fucking limitless there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which an anthology series might be cool. Cause then you could do what you were saying, like a few that are um, two or three episodes long or mm-hmm. um, characters that reoccur throughout. Yeah. My work as a podcast too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't. I don't know. I don't know that they. Well, yeah. I mean, they've done a lot of like Doctor Who podcasts, but that's very much a British idea because like radio dramas play a lot better to uh, that sort of audience than they do to North American audiences. Um, radio drama pod like that style of podcast is actually really popular. I listen to about uh, five different like story based, like narrative based podcasts. Um, oh yeah, I listen to a ton. Like cereal was huge, and that's pretty much what that was, isn't it? So no cereal. Was well, cereal is. I mean, that's yeah, that's documentary there, at that point. I'm listening to a couple right now. One's called Darkest Night, and it's terrifying. And Major James Keenan's in that. I'm listening to that too. Yeah, it's really awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's really um, and then um, Homecoming is another one, which is about um, an initiative to deal with uh, help. Pr- um, what's it called? Uh, soldiers who have come home deal with PTSD, but they're like yeah. doing it in a really weird, backwards way. Um, so, like, I think something like Star Wars would get a huge following of podcasters. Well, yeah. we talked about uh, black tapes too. Like, that's another one. That's, oh, that's so yeah. good. Or there's the uh, what? Welcome to Night Vale. Night Vale is actually one of my favorite. Fine Town. Ever. Yeah. Fine yeah. Town there you go. Really good too. Yeah. Do you um, listen to those guys' other ones, Christy? Like the Black Tapes guys' other ones, like Tannis and I have Rabbit. not listened to Tannis or Rabbits yet. Okay, Rabbits is good. Tannis has lost me a little bit. I didn't. I couldn't get into it. I don't like the host. <laughs> really Lore me. is really good too, but we're not talking about that right now. We're talking about Lore other podcasts. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so, so I've got other like stuff. Like I, I said, it would be more just like building out of the mythology of the Force overall, like the origins, other uses of it that we might not have seen yet. Like there's clearly probably other stuff out there that we haven't seen that force users are capable of, um, how it would impact like a normal person. Okay. Well, you've, you've pitched really high level, like, sorry, pitched. You've been talking really high level. Like what would your, what would your premiere look like? Oh, I've got, I I don't have 
I didn't think necessarily what the premiere would be, but I do have like uh, ideas for individual episodes. So one would be like you could very easily do I think multiple episodes on on Yoda since he's so old, like he's eight hundred something years old, right? Mm-hmm. So you could do an episode on like his early days as a Jedi, like him just learning he has Force powers, his training. I think he would be a really good vehicle because he's such a popular character for getting people familiar with sort of the process of. Like the normal process, because by the time we get to, you know, the prequel trilogy, even the Jedi Order is in like its death throes, essentially, like it's on the way out. So I want to see like the the Jedi Order, like at its height, um, sort of, you know, at its like highest level of influence sort of thing and how it functioned at that point. Um, So like maybe his training, his ascension to becoming a Jedi Master and you could even maybe do a little bit. This is a little later and might might not work necessarily, but I, I would love to see just his, Yoda's sort of initial years on Dagobah, like him transitioning from being like a Jedi master to like this really humble life living by himself and having to, you know, survive on his own against the elements and, you know, build his own shelter. And like that would almost be like a fucking like castaway uh, yeah. story yeah. kind of thing. I feel like I kind of want to see that story with Obi-Wan too, like that, the middle years where he's just, yeah. I mean, like there, I mean, that's one of the uh, things people have begged for the most in terms of an anthology movie is a, is an Obi-Wan solo movie that Obi-Wan deals with solo? those in between. Yeah. Obi-Wan solo. Like, oh, like Han Solo and Obi-Wan. <laughs> yeah, that's slash fic. Yeah. Obi-Wan solo. <laughs> Wait, is that an episode um, of your show or no, <laughs> not <laughs> yet. Amazing. <laughs> Like uh, Ewan McGregor and digitally de-aged Harrison Ford to like phone, and that would be yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I would actually be that into it. Really, you don't, <laughs> you're not a Ewan McGregor fan? No, I love Ewan McGregor, but I just don't think I'd want to see Obi Wan doing it. He's ethereal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think there's a lot to be seen in terms of how the Force impacts normal people that are like maybe never discovered by the Jedi or the Sith, like how they have to live with knowing that they're Force sensitive, but or knowing that they have some hypercognition or something like that, but not actually knowing what it is or how to use it or that sort of thing. Um, and also, I, th- I feel like there's got to be, or, or at least at some point in the past, there has to have been other factions of the Force. Like, it wasn't all just straight up, like, light side, dark side. There mm-hmm. has to have been, like, even smaller, lesser factions, and I'd like to see a little, like, more of that sort of thing as well. Like, how the division between the light and dark side happened. Mm-hmm. Or how it became um, so like polarized, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. How it became so dichotic. Yeah. Um, I also think there's. Uh, I mean, I think, I think the benefit of this series is, like an anthology series, it would, uh, like other anthology series do, it would give a lot of people a chance to sort of play in that sandbox of the Star Wars universe. Like, there's obviously tons of directors, writers, actors that would love to be a part of it, but maybe, you know, have they don't really fit into the main movies or that sort of thing, but it would give them a chance to be part of it. Like, I'd love to see what, you know, I don't think they'll ever give Kevin Smith, for instance, like a fucking like Star Wars movie. He but probably wouldn't take easily... it even if they did either. He's yeah, so, he'd be so, so scared. He's so leery of doing big budget. I'm like, I still want yeah. him to do the flash and I'm just like, <laughs> come on, man. Yeah. But, but I feel like, you know, someone like that could do an episode of this or, you know, any, any, you know, you pick any major director, or uh, or writer or something like that. Like you could have like a fucking Tarantino episode of the series or something like that. Oh man, I'd love to see like a Tarantino bounty hunter episode. Like that would be yeah. the coolest shit pretty much <laughs> ever. How do you 
the, the only problem is how do you fit in the 70s funks music to these <laughs> i don't know i mean you'd have to like uh make a you know cantina band doing like covers of of uh <laughs> of, Ste- of steeler's wheel or something yeah, like that exactly <laughs> Um, but I also think there's there's definitely some stories to be told bet- in, in like young Palpatine as well on the mm. dark side, uh, like him and Dar- Darth Plagueis, his uh, his master. I feel like that on its own is almost maybe not. It's it's it actually it probably could be a pretty good series, like without mm-hmm. any of the other stuff attached to it. Like him learning, like him. I don't know how you would start it, but like him being like maybe a Jedi potential and then being corrupted and like becoming yeah. that guy well i almost no. i don't want to see that i want to see somebody that's fucking dark side from the start because okay. we've already seen you know light side gets corrupted i yeah. want to see somebody that's like right from the start like i see the power here and i want to fucking embrace it True. i don't know man that that i think actually you know what that would probably work i think people would watch that like that would yeah. be something I, that would be the kind of star wars that i'd be like i'm into this because it's just like it's all the bad guys all the time like yeah the bad guys are always the cool ones right so yeah <laughs> And on the in in sort of the more vague sort of thing, like um, just overall like discovery of force powers, like how they sort of first organized, uh, kind of thing, how they started to like find each other and and organize, kind of thing, would be cool. Um, discovery of the kyber crystals and then figuring out that they could unlock the power of them into making, you know, the prototype of uh, lightsabers, that sort of thing, I think would be really cool. The early years, like, and founding of the Jedi Academy, I think there's a lot of story to be told there as well. What about the scientific discovery of midichlorians? I thought about that. I think that there could be potential here to redeem that concept. If, <laughs> let, hear me, hear me out. I, oh, I, I'm, I'm not listening. sure. I really but... want to know because I'm curious now. <laughs> so I'm thinking if, like, there have been, for instance, like, you look at, like, an order, like, the Green Lanterns or something like that. There have been, yeah. like, microbial Green Lanterns and stuff like that before. I'm thinking, like, what if the midichlorians are, like, a hive mind of Force users that in decide to, like, inhabit Force-sensitive beings and, like, empower them, essentially? Mm-hmm. So they're not just, like, some random fucking bullshit, like, you have high levels of this, therefore Force, but they have some sentience? Actually, I don't hate that. So that's no, I like that. <laughs> so yeah, it, uh... I don't know how you write that into a TV show because that's a, <laughs> that's a weird high concept thing to write. Like that would be one of happen- those things that could be like maybe sort of an overarching theme, like a connecting, interconnecting theme between everything. Mm-hmm. And then at the you know after a couple of seasons, you go back and you're like, here's the all these threads that we've woven through these disparate stories come together in sort of the you know the true nature of the midichlorians or whatever. Oh, fair enough. And I, and I think you could do a cup, maybe a few episodes like that. Like, uh, um, maybe it's like a Jedi Academy, like class or something like that. You could probably do a cool one on like the evolution of lightsabers as well. Like from a really like prototype, like raw form, um, through all the different like, uh, versions and, and, uh, and orientations and stuff that they've taken on over the years kind of thing and, and frame it in a narrative of like it almost being like a lecture in a class. Yeah. Um, let's see what else did I have? Uh, I mean, if you have an episode or episodes where you're looking at like force users, uh, that aren't, uh, don't end up part of you know being discovered by the Jedi or the Sith. Like maybe they're maybe these maybe there's like a sort of Salem 
uh, element to this where like they're hunted and chastised as like the Star Wars equivalent of like witches. Um, let's see. That would make sense actually, because like if you're not educated to what that is, that does sound like witchcraft, right? Like all that. Mm. Yeah, if you're if you're not connected to the Empire, right? If you're like on an outer rim planet or something like that that yeah. hasn't been connected or hasn't discovered space travel yet or something. Yeah, exactly. Um yeah you could have like uh other episodes like focused on dark force users and like their machinations to bring order through fear i would love to see an alliance of sith because right now we've only ever seen a couple of sith working together well there's only ever two right (laughs) but that who knows when the fuck that rule of two actually came into place right like there could have maybe there's a reason that rule of two is there because at some point there was a massive alliance of sith that collapsed under its yeah, collapsed under its own machinations kind of thing. Yeah. That makes sense, um, actually, yeah. Yeah, so... And again, wow. but see, again, that's a series on its own, you know what I mean? Like, you're almost pitching, like, a hundred yeah. different series to me. Like, I, I, I can see yeah. those going... <laughs> that's why I couldn't... That's why I came down to an anthology. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Because I'm seeing any of these stories, and I'm like, I could write that for 60 to 100 issues. Because <laughs> like, yeah. my brain still goes right to, like, I, I just want to do comics. So I'm like, how can I? How long can I make that go? I'm like, I could do 100 issues of that. Because that would be... It's, like, yeah. wanted with fucking Jedis. You know what I mean? Like, that's... Yeah. Whatever. I mean, not shitty, but, like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the last cool thing that I'll say is, like, I, I already talked a little bit about how some of these could be, like, sort of castaway episodes. But I could see some of these, like, being almost, like, little to absolutely no dialogue. You know, just basically somebody because there's the framework is already there, right? Like anybody that's going to watch this already knows how the force works, generally speaking, but putting different people or different organisms or beings into that situation and then seeing how they react to it, I think on its own is interesting to see. So you could have like an alien that doesn't speak whatever the intergalactic language of Star Wars is kind of thing. And, you know, there's maybe, maybe there is dialogue, but it's all in whatever fucking, it's all in Kashyyyk or something like that. So those are some cool ideas. Yeah. Um, it's definitely, sounds like though, Mark was just saying, it sounds like you've got <laughs> a million really cool ideas that if you flesh them out, it's almost overwhelming how much you could do with them. Like yeah. comics, podcasts, um, TV shows, movies, like all of those could fit into multiple Almost like you would have a giant fucking franchise <laughs> sitting there. I I still don't understand why uh, they've never done a live action Star Wars series. I think it's I guarantee you it's money at this yeah, point, money. and they they have like a certain level of like. Right. I don't think rights would be the problem. I think it's more like a certain level. Like people expect Star Wars to be like very spectacle oriented. And I think if you did a TV show that, like, didn't live up to that, like, effects-heavy kind of thing, especially because I know there's been cartoons, like, CGI stuff, mm-hmm. and that allows you to do the same idea as comics, where you can just kind of do whatever you want as long as there's somebody there who can model it. Um, but if you're doing live action, that's where you start running into, like, massive budgets and, like, all that kind of stuff. And I feel like if you did something on, like, you could do, like, the bottle episodes without a ton of money. But I feel like if you wanted to tell the story right of like the Sith Order fucking collapsing in on itself, that's going to be a, a big special yeah. effects bloodbath, right? Like, I mean, we're getting to the point now where like the level of 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 effects you see on even like shows like Flash, Flash or something like that are pretty fucking high level and enough that it could do service to a lo- a lot of these types of stories. 
I think like in the next ten years, you're probably like you're probably in that yeah. right space. I think you're, yeah. you're I think you're on the right track. So you're a young man, Tim. Keep 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 it on it and like pitch <laughs> it in a couple of years and see where they're at. <laughs> they had to rebuild the fan base though after one, two, and three. Yeah, and that's what they're yeah they're in a rebuilding year right now. Yeah, and I think they're well on their way to that. So I think maybe after the next one, I'm hoping that we can start to see more well developed properties. I mean, the, from what I've heard, the comics have been doing really well. Though I haven't yeah. been reading them. Would you? But, uh, would Would you say you have a new hope? Oh God. <sighs> Wait, I hope you you heard me breathing into the microphone that time, Mark. Yeah, <laughs> I wish I had half of Christie's like mischievous little cover her mouth yeah, face her too, but super pleased with herself look yeah just way too happy with how punny right. that was Chris, yeah Wait. christy's killed my enthusiasm for this idea yet so let's move on good i'm glad <laughs> <Fuck it. laughs> um, but uh yeah mark let's hear your pitch for a batman okay so mine's not uh tv mine's comic books so my my pitch was so that i could write and draw this um my i have a problem with batman um, in the comics a lot of the time where he tend they tend to overblow the stories like everything's very grandiose and they mm-hmm. downplay certain aspects of the character that I think are way more interesting than the superhero kind of aspect of it so I had written well what I have outlined probably runs between 60 and 100 issues again like it's a very long kind of like I want to sit on this book for 10 years kind of thing and like just draw and which nobody it. does anymore no, and I think it would be awesome to do it. It was it's very much like my If you get like a three or four year run at this point, like that's fucking like insane. Exactly. And like my what what always made me think about it was like how long Brian Michael Bendis stayed on Ultimate Spider Man. And this is ostensibly my pitch for Ultimate Batman. Mm-hmm. They do they always fast transition and it's very much a year one story. So it's Bruce just becoming Batman. And I don't want to do any of the backstory where like how he got trained, any of that kind of stuff. That's all flashbacks, that's all mentioned in dialogue. He's in the suit. Like I'm not starting with like, oh, he's become Batman, but this is very early on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want any freaks for probably thirty issues. So he's just dealing with like ground level like criminals and organized crime. Exactly. And that kind of thing. I want I want this to be the wire with Batman in it. Like at first, because what I am fascinated with. Well, I'm sold. Don't... Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I'm fascinated with, though, is the they they always talk about it, but it always is a hard cut. But the transition between the mob running Gotham and the freaks taking over, but it wouldn't be. It would be a long. It would be a prolonged, protracted yeah. kind of like as they pop up, the the mob starts to collapse because they can't keep control. I want to see that story play out. I want to see the Falcone family, Falcone, what? Falcone family, Falcone. whatever. Yeah. Sorry. Say you like Batman. <laughs> anyway, I want to see that family grasp at straws as they just can't keep up with the level of fucking weird violence and brutality that is suddenly like plaguing Gotham. And I also want to see like because it's a Batman book, I want to centralize Batman to the story. Like I want it to be focused on him dealing with the fact that like I got into this to take down organized crime and calm this city down and shit is getting 10 times worse and I'm not sure if it's because I'm in this cowl doing this job. So, like, the first three years of this book are very mob-driven. I want to do some, like, there's probably an arc in there in the second year where he deals with a, like, a serial killer, but not, like, a namey kind of serial killer. Like, a quasi-realistic, like, Zodiac-style kind of, like, serial killer that he has to take down that is, like, something you would find in the real world, but is hard, like, 
hard for him to track down because he's still becoming the detective that he's going to be. Kind yeah, of he's still honing his detective skills kind of Yeah, thing. so he's having to, like, this guy's covering his tracks really well. It's taking him a while to do it. So you're turning this into, the, instead of, like, immediately turning into, like, the freaks and, like, he's fighting the Joker. Like, I don't want that. That's year five. At first, I want just crime families and him trying to, like, dismantle the mob slowly but surely. Because it would take forever for one guy to, like, do enough damage to the mob's infrastructure in Gotham at that point to, like, slow them down. Even if he was taking guys out. And, like, half the stuff that... Because, like, a lot of it, realistically, nothing that he gives the police is admissible in court. Like, like him working as a vigilante (laughs) doesn't, like, function in the real world. And I kind of want it to be... Maybe not, like, super real world, but at least Chris Nolan levels of, like, real world kind of stuff. So that, like, in year 10, I can be like, oh, wait, what's this flying guy in Metropolis doing? I have to go deal with that story. Like, that's way down the line kind of thing. So, like, Batman's in Gotham, and you can have the DCU kind of starting out, out there, but you never see it because you're it's you're locked inside Gotham City for this, for this series. But eventually, and I want to do, and my... My main reason for doing this was, I think Paul and I were talking about, um, and I think he mentioned it on our Facebook page, um, the real romantic interest in the the Bale movies should have been, maybe not actually romantic, but it should have been Harvey Dent, should have been that through line through those movies. They missed yeah. an opportunity to have Harvey Dent develop into Two-Face to the, into the third movie. Like, that is my, like, that's my big pitch for the movies, too. Like, for those movies, it would have been, Harvey Dent replaces Rachel Dawes and Batman Begins. So at the beginning of my story, Harvey and Bruce are friends, and they're trying to, like... Clean up the city together. Yeah. As a philanthropist, Bruce is working with Harvey to, like, rebuild the city on the side, right? While he's also going out at night dressed as a bat and beating the fuck out of people. So you still get your superhero shit. As you do. Right? Exactly. As you do when you're a billionaire who's (laughs) psychologically traumatized. Um... And that's the first real freak that I do, though, right? So at the end of probably the third year of the book, that's when like they finally take down, and it's Maroni, I think that they that scars him, right? Uh, Sal Maroni, yeah. Sal Maroni scars him. So when he's finally kind of gotten to the, the mob on the ropes to the point where like things are, like starting to look up, and there there have been hints of the freaks. That's when you scar Harvey. But it is also a six issue thing where like he isn't necessarily just going to go bad immediately. It takes some time for him to kind of like turn. Yeah. So there's that. That's the point where I start hinting at um, more of the kind of freaks stuff kind of happening. That's yeah. where you start getting mentions of um, a guy trying to like another serial killer has shown up and he's carving grins into people's faces, but you can't fucking find him. Like you just get those little hints of that stuff happening. Because yeah. that's my big capper at, like, issue 50 is the reveal of, like, oh, shit, here's my Joker. Like, mm-hmm. that's way out. That's how far out I'm talking about, like, doing the the kind of, like, Batman grounded in fighting crime kind of scenario. So, post him so taking down Two-Face. Feel, this feels a lot like uh, an extension of, like, the Frank Miller year one. Like, if that series had, if that story had just continued on. It is very much like it's based on that, but that and that's that's why I want to see the story though because they never they always just jump cut to like yeah he goes from like ground level to I'm fighting freaks and I'm like the goddamn Batman. There's no in between, and I want to see that in between. Like I'm desperate to see that in between, and I want to fucking write it and draw it too. So there's <laughs> that. Um, 
Because I feel like there's a big chunk of story that, like, they tell very effectively, like, in Daredevil stories, where he's not necessarily dealing with super freaks all the time, that Batman should be able to do effectively that they don't do. And that's, like, my, like, that's what I want to see happen. So by the time he's dealt with, like, what is now Two-Face and put him away, that's where you start getting... And not even, like, high-level guys. I figure your first real, like, name killer or whatever in there, you probably had, like, Victor Zaz or something like that in, like, issue mm. 30, issue 40, where, like, he's a serial killer and he is a little weird, but he is still human. You could still, like, that's a, an amped-up version of something you could see in the real world. But it's not, like, Joker or whatever. Yeah. And, like, the entire time, like, you probably do in, like, the second or third year where you introduce the arms-dealing penguin. Like, it's not, but he's not, like, deformed or anything like that. He's just... And this is, like, me stealing from Kevin Smith, but, like, mm-hmm. and I think he's dead now, but have you ever seen Mission Impossible 3? Uh, no. Yeah, but it's been a while. Yeah, so Philip Seymour Hoffman's character in that is just this, like, really well, evil. Well, Philip Seymour Hoffman's dead. He's dead, dead but now. this is, yeah, I know he's dead, but, like, his character in that movie, that's my penguin, for all intents and purposes, and this is just me stealing from Kevin Smith, because he said this a million times, where he's just, like, an arms dealer who's running shit in Gotham and trying to pick up the pieces that the mob have left. While also being on that level of like sadism that he can deal with the freaks effectively and kind of negotiate with them so that he can still run business and make money and run his clubs and do all the weird prostitution and drug running and gun running that he would do on the underside of it. Because he's probably feeding the freaks, his their goons, their arms, like all that kind of stuff. So he's another undercurrent that's going on and he never gets picked up like he's he's throughout the whole story. Because he would probably be somebody that you finally take down at issue 100, and then I bolt and fucking go do something else that Marvel calls finally, hopefully, <laughs> and I could work on Wolverine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like, you're like, at the end, I figure. So this is like a really long story, obviously, because I've been working on this. I've worked on this for years off and on. But like, I figure from issue 40 to issue 50 is where you start dropping real hard hints about the Joker. Issue 45, he starts actively pursuing him. Issue 50, you reveal. And then the next five issues is like, I don't know what you do as your premier Joker story, but it's got to be the sickest fucking thing you've ever seen. Like, I'm shooting for hard R Joker here. Like, this guy is a brutal killer. Um, Snyder Joker. Yeah, pretty much. Ostensibly Snyder's Joker. This is, I. to be fair, I wrote all this before Snyder took <laughs> over and... I'm not cutting his face off. I'm not doing anything weird like that. This is very early kind of stuff, but um, I don't know what it would be after. So it was Joker, and then it would be around probably issue 75. I would want to get into Razal Ghul coming in, or Rachel Ghul, I guess, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Coming mm-hmm. into the, coming into like taking notice of what Batman has been doing in Gotham and coming in to like try and recruit him into the league and stuff like that and like take him out of Gotham or have him replace him. Um, and then my like way long term plan, like way out of issue, like issue one hundred, is like Batman has to finally is like okay, there's way too much shit going on outside of the, in the world, and I need to go figure out why that guy in the red fucking cape in Metropolis can fly because that <laughs> is weird. And my story is very reminiscent of Batman versus Superman in that, not in that it's terrible, but in that it's. He doesn't understand what's going on and he sees it as a threat and he wants to go assess the threat and Clark doesn't like the fact that this guy in a bat suit is ostensibly a brutal vigilante and they have <laughs> that, that mashing. So that story, I mean I'd like to hear more specifics of your take on it, but uh have you read Dark Knight over Metropolis? Uh no. When is wait, 
Maybe probably, but it's late late eighties. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've like read it's, that. Yeah, it's it's basically the first like post crisis meeting of uh, Batman and Superman, and it is very much the sort of story you just told where Batman is like, you know, what the fuck is this? Who are you? Kind of thing. I don't trust you. I don't trust your level of power. That sort of thing. Yeah. And, and I think you could do that story like that's the the only time you really have to do that story because the the rest of the Justice League may or may not be around or whatever. But I want to at least touch on. Because that's where I'm kind of ready to bolt on the book at that point, where I'm like, okay, now you can do your DCU. Like, you can have all that shit. Because mm-hmm. I just want to tell this Batman story that's a protracted, like, struggle inside Gotham, where, like, yeah. the cops are dealing with all this shit. And, like, you could run... I would probably even do a couple issues where it was just, like, Gotham Central. And I'm, mm-hmm. like, the cops starting to react to, like, the threat. So, like, you're in that, that 50 to 75 run where the threat has started to, like, increase and, like the Riddler strapping bombs to people to get Batman's attention and shit. Like, how do the cops deal with that? Like, where, do the, where are the cops seeing when, like... Because I'm, e- I'm not even sure where I would get to the point where I would be comfortable being like, oh, there's, here's Mr. Freeze or Killer Croc. Like, those very, like, very sci-fi kind of concept characters. Like, mm-hmm. I like the really grounded stuff. Like, I'd probably do Killer Croc at some point more in, like, the Batman the Animated Series, like, very big thug kind of way. But I'm not sure how that kind of pans out. So, like, that's where I'm a little nebulous on stuff. I just know my end point is him leaving and dealing with, like, Superman. Like, that's kind of where my big run of it ends. But I feel like the big capper in the middle of 50 of, like, introducing the Joker and having that be, like, a nice big, like, 15-issue kind of, like, long arc yeah. is kind of, like, the centerpiece of it. Where you've you've introduced the the side effect of Batman being present in Gotham and having dismantled the mob and what that power vacuum creates and like the struggle between the dying mob and like Harvey, like two face trying to like abscond all their shit because he's furious that they scarred him and all that kind of shit and been driven mad by that and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. And then you get Bruce's like existential crisis in terms of like whether he created all these, I mean, that's something that's been played on before, but not with that much lead up. Whether yeah. he's the reason that all these yeah. crazy fucking costumed assholes are coming to the woodwork That's now. kind of my, like, the central theme of, like, the second probably half or, like, whatever, like, post-issue, whatever, like, post-issue, especially issue 50. Like, that's, from 50 to 100, he starts to really be like, am I doing the right thing? Like, should I still mm-hmm. be doing this? All right. Um, but, yeah, so, um, uh, what would be your final thoughts about, uh, about your whole pitch, Mark? And, Tim, do you have anything to add? I mean, I, I'm down. It's, I think I agree with Mark. I think it's definitely a sort of era in Batman's history. I mean, Batman having been a such a fucking massively popular character for the last like 30 years at this point, that there are very few parts of his history that have not been explored in great detail. But uh, that is definitely an era where I think I could stand to see more of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's been like a lot of like year zero and year one stories, but not a lot of those like in between, you know, sort of him becoming Batman and being established, well-established Batman, you know, with like fucking three or four Robins under his belt kind of thing. Yeah, because that's my thing. Like, I don't, I'm not, I don't think that I ever touch Robin. Wait, that Mm -hmm. sounded weird. Um, (laughs) Like, I don't think I do a Robin until I think, I think Bruce never said that. Yeah, yeah, definitely did not say that. Um, <laughs> I don't think it would be till after Superman that he would feel like he'd be like that would be something that he would do kind of thing. I feel like he would just be like working on like it would be him and Alfred and maybe Lucius would probably be my core cast. Yeah, yeah, kind of thing. 
Yeah, because that's the other thing is is a a story like that definitely does need to have a good supporting cast like yeah. on on his side, um, and maybe maybe Leslie Tompkins. Um, I was leaning towards Leslie Tompkins, and I also like strongly want. Um, and now they're doing it in the fucking wheel books, which really bugs me. But I want a, a long term relationship with Catwoman, like that would be part of my like kind of twenty five to through seventy five part of it mm-hmm. would be a subplot involving. Catwoman appearing and him and Selena having like a thing yeah. that went on kind of thing. Isn't that in the new comic that he finally asks her to marry him? Yeah, like they're yeah. getting married now. But like th- this is, I wrote this 10 years ago. So <laughs> yeah, because that was, it's always been like, I'm always like, it's, it's, it is like a rule of Batman. It shouldn't be like in a relationship and happy and all that kind of stuff. But I'm always like, yeah, it's probably going to fail at the end and she's going to fuck off or whatever. But like, I want to see like how that dynamic grows too. And I want to kind of, work that out in my head too like how would i write that kind of story so, yeah um, yeah because they definitely had a lot of chemistry in that year one situation so yeah exactly yeah and there's all kinds of like care and like i, I figure you could and I, I would hint at other stuff that you would do like i would love to have him just like dropping off jervis tetch after him having committed some weird kind of like quasi roofie rape fucking story that i don't <laughs> tell because that's not something I really am that interested in actually getting into, but like him dropping him off kind of thing, at least. So people would be like, oh shit, there's still a story there where like Batman picked up the Mad Hatter and this fucking idiot writer decided not to tell it because he's more interested in Bruce banging Selena and <laughs> trying to find Harvey and all that kind of shit. So my, my fascination with Batman tends not to be like the superheroics a lot of the time. It's more the detective work and like the intricacies of him just like being that person kind of thing so yeah and that's something that hasn't played as heavily in the last like 20 years or so it's been more yeah. just him like being <clears throat> prime specimen yeah. yeah exactly prime specimen can uh take down any opponent kind of thing whereas like maybe you're looking to skew him a little bit more towards the uh like 70s and early 80s batman that's a little bit more of that dark detective kind of thing yeah, my, my, my big Batman influence a lot of the time is that Neil Adams, uh, mm-hmm. Denny O'Neill kind of era of the character. Like, that's maybe not where I started reading so much, but it is, like, when I first went back and started reading, like, the backstory of Batman, like, that was the first Batman that I was like, ooh, this is a Batman that I can, like, get into. Um, so I like that more flawed. And I feel like Batman the Animated Series has a lot of that kind of, like, he's yeah. not always going to be able to take everybody down kind of aspect to the character. But if you give him enough time, he can do it. But mm-hmm. maybe early on, like, I'm probably going to have him fail a couple times. You know what I mean? Like, that would yeah. be part of, like, the process of becoming Batman. It's, like, him fucking up massively and people dying as a result and him having to deal with the fallout of, like, I'm doing this thing and people are now starting to recognize that I'm doing this thing and are relying on me and I, I'm still human and I'm failing. Like, mm-hmm. I have to push harder. Like, that would be probably a big arc in the midpoint, too, where, like, he's realized these freaks are there and like, I need to push harder so that I can take this shit on. Like I have to be that prime. He, it would be him becoming prime Batman. You know what I mean? Slowly, but surely like that. Yeah. He like the goddamn Batman kind of thing. The goddamn Batman. Goddamn. I'm the goddamn Batman. Yeah. (laughs) Have you ever seen that? It'd be that panel, Christy, where he's like, he actually, he literally calls the kid retarded in a comic book. That's like, was printed in the last 10 years. Isn't (laughs) isn't that, isn't that uh, all-star Batman? All-Star Batman. Yeah, they think it's two or three. Yeah, it was a fucking shit show. God damn it, Frank Uh-oh. Miller. I and like when all they pitched All-Star Batman, I'm like, fucking this I thought this was the story they were gonna tell. Like this is yeah. what I was hoping they would tell. And said he was just like totally fucking insane. 
and like having sex with like Just black like, canary yeah, on the hardcore like, yeah what is going on this is so bad that's probably actually it may i don't remember exactly but th- that fucking book falling apart may have been the impetus for paul and i having the <laughs> conversation that launched this whole like me uh, wanting it, to story. it literally fell apart too it never fucking finished it never finished either yeah the I art on it was it. beautiful, but oh, Frank man, Miller I... just fucking lost his shit on it. Some of those, some of those Batman panels from Jim Lee in that book are still like in my desktop rotation. Like, yeah, there's panels of him like running across the city that are just like full fucking two page spreads of Batman. Yeah, was, like, this is outstanding, absolutely stunning. So, yeah. anyway, all right, I can go on about this fucking thing for another hour if you want. But Chrissy, I feel like you want to. Uh... Let's get into the Potterverse. Let's get into the Potterverse. Well, mine's definitely not as intricate as you guys. I'm kind of going off an idea that it's it's a little more popular on the internet, but I'd like to see it happen regardless. Um, I'd love to see the story of Lily and Snape. Um, Lily being Harry's mother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that would best be done in a, like, 8 to 16 episode uh netflix series maximum like four seasons um and uh what i think would be interesting would be to see the development of their relationship and her relationship with james and the rise of voldemort i know they're doing like a voldemort um mini series now but what i think are they really are they they i haven't heard anything yeah the netflix um the netflix the uh, Netflix. These, these people put together the Hulu. a trailer on Kickstarter and said, "If you will give us the rights, we'll produce this." And Netflix picked it up and said, "Yeah, we'll do this." And J.K. Um, said, "Yep, she's cool okay. with it." Um, the thing is, that's though, the big they, fucking like. She's really protective. They can't accept any money for it. It has to be all donations, so they can be reimbursed for what they put in. Huh. But it all has to go to charity. So I don't think it's like going to be a huge like you know proper production as much as it is like a love that netflix will host i think Hmm. might have been netflix it might it might be that they were in talks with them i'm trying to remember exactly i read it a while ago but it's like the voldemort origin story i feel like if that was something that was like full-on approved and happening i would have read about it by this point yeah Yeah, for sure. i'll I'll show you the article at some point it's relatively new but um for me what i'd rather see is like i said the the Lily Snape story through the eyes of like them, but also like the time period that that happened and like um, watching um, the rise of Voldemort in the background and seeing how his influence grows. So this is what like the like late sixties or early seventies, yeah. something like that. What mm-hmm. have been like them? Yeah. Well, I'm trying to think because they're Harry the, was born what, in 1980. I was going to say Harry Potter's like our age, right? So yeah. You, I guess his parents would be our parents' age. Yeah, a little younger. So like, so like nineteen. Yeah. Well. So so yeah, then like late or like seventies then. Yeah, seventies. So I think it'd be really disco Potter. I was just gonna say fucking disco Potterverse like that. (laughs) It's either that. It's either that or hardcore fucking punk Potter. Okay, guys, guys, I'm just gonna point this out. You both got your bitches. <laughs> Wait, we said we were gonna do. We were gonna know, jump in on each other. I've like said like two sentences. Um, but no. Okay, so so when does when does Wolverine show up at the X Mansion? That's my question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go. I'm sorry. I had to get my shitty fucking X Men dig in. Why? 
I don't know because I. Oh right, because he's because that's what he. Right. Yes. Yeah. Shitty British X-Men. Anyway, um, (laughs) the idea is that the Potterverse, technology-wise and everything, is far, far, far behind what humanity is because they don't need it, right? So I'm not sure how the 70s would look, but it might be kind of interesting to like see the verse through through that era. But I'm more focused on the idea of like watching um, Lily and James and Sirius and Lupin and Pettigrew and Snape grow up and see what um, actually see what Hogwarts was like for Snape, which I think would be really interesting. Um and that, uh, that like sad little goth kid kind of thing. Yeah. Now here's my question: Who he do you cast? Who do you cast? Yeah, who do you want to Snape? Oh, see, I don't know. You know who I could actually see being pretty good is Spider Man, Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Tom yeah, Holland. Tom Holland. Yeah. Oddly um, enough, I just got a notification sitting at ninety two percent at Rotten Tomatoes right now, critically. Spider Man. Spider Man Homecoming. Yeah, I'm fucking so excited now. Um. But yeah, no, I just, I haven't really thought too much about like what I'd want casting to be because I'm more focused on what they look like in my head. Um, but I think it would be, it would be really interesting to watch just the relationship develop to see, because um, apparently Rowling has said that had Snape actually, there's that big moment in the book when um, uh, Harry goes back and sees the memory that Snape has of being held upside down and um, by James and then Lily runs over to stop them and he calls her a mudblood because he's so embarrassed. And that apparently was the big turning point for Lily. She never went back because she, she didn't like that he was hanging out with the Death Eaters and he didn't like that those were the only people that accepted him or the way they were treated. And um, that meant that like Voldemort was already gaining this kind of um, traction. And uh, But I, I'd be really interested to see their childhood because he introduced her to magic. And um, it would be cool to see her relationship with her sister, with Petunia, and like how that diminished and... Um, to uh, watch, because I, I, I've never understood how and when Lily fell in love with James, because in their fifth year, that's when she was so disgusted with him for hanging Snape upside down. Um, how that turned they, around into them actually yeah. having, yeah. Because, like, they graduated, but they weren't graduated from Hogwarts for, like, you know, more than three or four years before they had Harry and died. Like, I kind of I like this retcon of uh, James Potter as, like, a like fratty douchebag guy, like, yeah. fucking bullying uh bullying guys and and i wonder if like he ever actually had uh any qualms about like yeah or or if he like ever actually felt bad about that or if he was just like this the like jock of fucking hogwarts kind of thing but wouldn't that be interesting to see to like because like sirius was the sirius and james wrote the jocks because they were both um i think uh james was the seeker and i think sirius was on the quidditch team um but yeah like what would i would be interested to see their turnaround because i think that'd be a really cool coming of age story to see them mature Mm -hmm. because it is up until their fifth fifth or at least at least their sixth year that lily despises them because they're assholes um yeah i hmm? wonder i feel like there's maybe like some like stockholm syndrome kind of thing maybe that happened there i don't know because they're always like, in the tower together. And like, yeah, exactly. Just they're all classes. like they're they're only exposed to so many people, kind of thing. And like she yeah. just ended up being like, "Well, this is my this is options." So yeah, this is who I'm gonna end up with. Because like I can't imagine, I can't imagine any story you would tell this day and age where you could have somebody that was that kind of like bully asshole 
becoming yeah, becoming the hero, becoming like the guy that that, that gets the girl kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's the 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 whole thing. Well, is... I guess if Snape's sorry, if Snape's the protagonist, <laughs> I don't mean to interrupt, but it's like if Snape's the protagonist, then you are gonna play him as the jerk the whole time, right? No, I would I would have it be Lily and Snape. Okay, those would be you you'd split between them. Okay. Um. Because I, I think that's what be what would be interesting about having it as a mini series, because you could have episodes from both mm-hmm. perspectives, yeah, um, and see the difference, like actually see how she sees things and how he he sees things. But um, uh, I think part of the problem is that um, Snape genuinely loved Lily his whole life, right? And I, you know, right up to always when he says at the end, even though he's a terrible person. Like well, the thing is, it always felt creepy to me. Like that's my whole problem. It felt stalker with a crush to me more than it felt like <laughs> genuine love. But because they don't really spend a lot of time showing you the relationship, which I guess this solves, right? That's the thing, though. They do show you bits of it during the final chapters of the seventh book when Snape gives up his memories after he's been killed by Nagini. Okay, right. Yeah, I need to. I should probably. I haven't read that book. Yet. I've only read it once, so I should. Yeah. Probably... But what's so powerful is that, you know, he held on to this love the whole time and even tried to go against, like, his whole purpose for not being on the side of Voldemort wasn't because he cared about what Dumbledore thought. It was because he was so devastated by Lily's death. He couldn't be um, a servant to someone who um, had never felt love. And even though he was completely um, shut out to the world and began to love power, it it was never the same kind of passion that he had for Lily Potter. And Rowling has gone on record saying that had that incident changed, like, it, you know, in a different world, Lily actually did love Snape. And she would have grown to love Snape. Okay. Um, in a Stockholm syndrome kind of way. Well, no, Snape wouldn't be Stockholm Syndrome. Snape was in Slytherin. Yeah. I'm also curious, because, like, a lot of this, you get to play a lot of backstory stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a whole, like, thought about the way you could play this as, like, this could be a new generation's Buffy, like, high school allegory kind of thing. Like, there's enough horror that you could play in the Harry Potterverse where this could become that kind of series. But yeah. there's so much backstory between, like, my initial distraction would be, like, what's Dumbledore doing all this? Because he was the headmaster at the time, no? But that's the thing, is that I wouldn't want him to be the focus. He would come in and out, but yeah. his part of the story really... And he was off fighting Grindel... He had just finished fighting Grindelwald, so, like... okay. He had only been headmaster. Recuperating and because yeah. well, just because like this, if this is during the rise of the Death Eaters, you're gonna have my curiosity initially is just like I want to see a lot of that. You know what well, I mean? Well, that's what I'm saying, right? That's why you'd want some episodes from Na- Snape's perspective, okay? Because he became part of the Seen Death Eaters. Watching that, so happen. like, even if you know what, maybe it could be a longer series if you did like seven to eight seasons, because each season could be a year, and mm-hmm. like I could do that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you watch... The only problem is, like, starting them, like, when they're really young, and this is my problem with the Potter movies, too, where, like, they start, like, they're, like, 10 in the first ones. Not a lot of agency in a 10-year-old. I mean, they give them a lot because it's, like, chosen one stuff, but, like... But that's the thing, though. I wouldn't... That's not how I would do it. I would have the first series, sure, they'd be young, but it would be more flashbacks to their childhood, and it would be a half and half. So, like, half the... I would actually... If I'm thinking about it logically right now... Maybe I would make the first and second year within the first series, or like have the first year, but also with compress the it for them being young. I think you almost want to like so you can keep the same actors around, right? Mm-hmm. You do maybe the first couple seasons of the show run across like year four and five kind of thing, or like year four. So like season one and two are year four, 
So that they're at least teenagers. And then if you want to flashback arrow style to like what happened as they were when they were younger, that's where you do that. The thing is though, I'm I'm intrigued by their origin story because I don't think that if you don't have the background to their their relationship, you don't really know why they hang out. And then you only have two seasons of them growing and like seeing Snape fall in love with her. So yeah. I'd say if you're going against that, that's why I maybe compile the first two seasons into like what? um like have a big half season finale where they graduate first, you know, their first year, come back and do their second season. And then like, that's when things start to ramp up with the death eaters. And that's when you start to um, see the darkness peeking in. And then not until the end of season three, when they've, you know, um, James has really started to notice Lily and you've noticed that, you know, she's growing as a potions enthusiast and she and Snape have just started to have their. um, Trist. Their tryst, yeah, but like I would actually like to see her be with Snape. I would, I would add that, like, change within the story arc and have them have a chemistry like where they weren't together, but like they kissed at one point, and like Snape was her first kiss. Okay, I, I do. I I'm curious about like where tone like, and it is a problem I have with the Potter books too, where because they're so young, like the tone shifts so drastically between like the, where the books start and where the books end kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. it becomes a much more, it's a much darker story by book seven than it is by, from book one, right? Like it's so whimsical in book one and two and then mm-hmm. the three, it starts to darken up and by seven, it's just like, may as well be Lord of the Rings in terms of like how grim the situation is. You know what I mean? So like in a TV series that like you're starting it out, it's hard to get adults. And I mean, you're going to have a giant fucking audience invested one way or the other because it's Harry Potter and you're telling this backstory that people want to see. But your tone at the beginning is going to be much younger with mm-hmm. a younger cast where you're doing that young. Where at the end, if unless they're growing up over the course of this thing, like that's whatever. But that's just my like initial thought on it. But yeah. I am curious about a bunch of this story. That's yeah. why my, my original thought was actually just to have it be a two to four, you know, short seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, like just do like them. the high school kind of years. Yeah, like do... Um, you know the year five six seven because that's when it starts to get okay. a little more dramatic but have the flashbacks and then you have one year after or two or three years after they graduate and the rise of the death eaters and like yeah. the hunt for lily and james um it would be also pretty harrowing tv to watch lily and james watch their friends get die. wiped out yeah yeah <laughs> and the idea that like You'd have to watch the death both from Lily's perspective and Snape's perspective. How do you do, do you that? Do you do one episode where you're just intercutting, or do you do? Yeah, like um, I actually, what I would do is I would have the episode from Lily's perspective, and then like, um, but then you actually cut, and it's Snape standing at the top of the stairs, imagining what it was like because she's dead. Yeah. Um, okay. Fair enough. But like, I think that would be really interesting. TV and I think you're right that too young would make it disconnected. You'd have to have some sort of um, flashbacky. Yeah, I think you'd have to have some kind of like uh, framing device where you were yeah. allowed to go back to those bits where it didn't interfere with like because you want to set a tone early on that isn't like because you get to grow up with the books because they were released blah 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 and you, like you kind of whatever. Um, but like as an adult, going back to those first ones where it is kind of just like a magic story and it's it's almost a fairy tale. Yeah. It is a much different sit than the Deathly Hollows is. You know what I mean? But that's also why I wouldn't want the first series to be all light and fluffy. That's not yeah. my idea. It's that 
you see like you see the darkness of Snape's household where he's beaten and oh. his father is gone and he has he's very impoverished and Lily is treated really poorly be- by her sisters because she was you know she's in a muggle family and yeah she's they, a freak yeah she's a freak and you know you, and you get to play you get to play that whole X Men angle where they don't like their sister because she's got powers and stuff like that but it's not <laughs> that she has powers that she thinks she's a freak she's actually jealous because uh, Petunia writes it would be interesting too to see Petunia write. Um, Dumbledore asking to come to the school because she was actually in awe of Lily and oh, she only okay. started calling her a freak when she was denied access because she was so upset that she couldn't go. Who the hell is Petunia? Her sister. It's Harry's sister. aunt. Okay. Vernon and Petunia Dursley. Oh, okay. I yeah. didn't know her first name was Petunia. Yeah, they're both flowers. Aww. God, I would be so pissed at my parents if, like, my sister was named Lily and I was named Petunia. I know. <laughs> like, why did you hate me from the start, Mom and Dad? <laughs> but um, the other thing that might be interesting is watching, is it could be, um, you could start the season out with Nate, or with Nate, with Snape meeting Harry, but, like, that first scene where he greets him, like, by asking him, like, about the Wormwood and the Willow of Asphodel, and it's actually him saying, I regret lily's death in a now do you flash back to the movie or do you recast and reshoot that scene you have to recast i think you have to recast yeah now how do you now how do you recast alan goddamn rickman (laughs) i would do it (laughs) you would see harry and like kind of fuzzy and you would see the back of snape's head yeah Mm. okay maybe use alan rickman's voice I don't know if you even want to fucking invoke that man at this point. You know what I mean? Like, that's a that's a tough sell. But I think the idea is, I've said that a lot, but it's that you recognize where you are in the story and then you flash back and you don't actually go back to the present again at yeah. all. Like yeah, this, yeah. It's just This is everything that builds up to this moment kind of thing. Yeah. Actually, that's almost how you end this. That's how you end this. Like, that would be how you would end it. Or how no, you framed it, with, how you started and him, I would either end it with him reaching out to Harry with his memories and giving okay. him the flask, or hearing him say quietly to, like, Dumbledore, always. And then that's the end of the series. Okay. Because that's his big line, right? That's what everyone um, associates with him. It's written on engagement rings and, like, all kinds of other shit. Even though he was a horrible man. He was a horrible character. To be fair, like, I was reading an article this week because I've been on, on a big U2 kick and, like, Bond was always super flabbergasted that people play one at their weddings. Like, they'll dance to one. So, like, yeah. people have terrible fucking ideas when it comes to weddings. <laughs> so. It's the true. same with, like, I know Eddie Vedder said the same thing about Black. They're like, I don't understand why people will make their first dance to Black. That's about romance completely fucking caving in on itself. And it's like, well, <laughs> people are stupid, so it sounds pretty. Or, like, <laughs> or like Alicia and I uh, having... Or walking down the aisle to uh, where is my mind? Yeah, but you know, <laughs> it's at least the fucking pixies, right? Like, I, I fair enough, right? <laughs> but I do. Think That's the that... Fight Club connection. Mm-hmm. But I do think that it would be a good, like, short series. You wouldn't, you couldn't elongate it because of the story. I wouldn't personally, if I was producing it, I would make sure that they only had like a maximum five to six series contract. I feel like this is actually a story that I would be more invested in than I would be in. With Harry Potter, yeah. The Harry Potter story, actually. <laughs> well, because it's dark. 
Yeah, it is. It's much darker. Harry Potter's got that whole like chosen one thing, which like I mean, we've talked yeah. about how over that kind of shit I am, but it is very much like a hero's journey story, which is just like done to death. Whereas this is like you're leading to despair. Yeah, you're leading to despair. Like you're leaving. This is Empire Strikes Back, right? This is leaving on that. <laughs> yeah, death note, it's a whole right? series of Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole series that ends in like fucking catastrophe, which is like way more interesting to me than like you know the hero wins kind of shit. And the worst part is you see <laughs> Harry should have died. Coming. Yeah, Harry, well. This is but... this is the wire said in Potterverse. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> um, it got you interested, didn't it? <laughs> I do see though the idea that uh, I don't know why I've said the idea so many times. I'm sorry, listeners. Cuz you're but... working on an idea, so yeah. it's fine. Yeah. I think that it would be far more compelling because everyone would know what was going to happen, but you keep hoping it wouldn't be happening. Like when you rewatch or reread your favorite books and stories, like or like Breaking Bad, where you're like, oh, I hope that Walt doesn't die, but you know he's gonna die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think, or you could like, you can't leave it on a cliffhanger like The Sopranos, right? Or like, is Tony dead? Oh. We don't know. Yeah. But it's it's more along the lines of the fact that you know Lily will die, but you you want, I want people to empathize with Snape when he's growing up, and more almost like a lesson that if you are if you treat people badly. You get treated badly. You get treated badly. Karma, karma's a bitch. So this <laughs> is my name is Earl in the Harry Potter verse. <laughs> it's that you can't. You can have a villain who will always like. Everyone has an origin story, but that doesn't mean that they're going to end up being a good guy because Snape was not rede- redeemed. He was only redeemed by the idea that he was um, remorseful. Remorseful, for yeah. His death, but he hated Harry to the bitter end. He hated James. He was a spy. Never forgave. He never forgave. He held on to yeah. I'm really intrigued by the uh, the James Potter character now because like I think Tim's right. How do you make him somebody you want your heroine to end up with? Because he comes off like a fucking asshole the entire time, and then like or, all of a sudden he's a hero because he starts fighting the Death Eaters, and that's or, something. But or maybe we find out that like. Lily's attracted to power or something like that, and fucking James is like a kingpin kind of character. Nah. <laughs> it's either that, just big old horse dick. Yeah, maybe that. <laughs> yeah, James is just hung like <laughs> hung, hung like a fucking like a like his uh like a prize stallion. <laughs> yeah, like no, not like, like his Patronus. Stallion. Yeah, like his Patronus. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> Come on, it's Dance Robot Dance. We gotta add a dick joke in there somewhere. Big old stack. 50, kids. <laughs> anyway, I think that it would be far more compelling. I think it would be a really cool drama, and I think it would be a really cool coming of age story that would end tragically. And it wouldn't be happy go lucky like Harry Potter, and it would have to be well acted, and it would have to be dynamic, and you'd have to have these conflicting characters. Like James Potter would have to be. Because you'd never see it from his perspective. He'd have to just grow. Now, my question is, when you pitch this and like get a series run, will you make me the art director on it? <laughs> Not if you keep making horse dick jokes. Well, <laughs> Stag dick. Get it Stag right. dick, exactly. <laughs> but I just think it would be... I, I think people would go apeshit for that. No, it actually sounds like a better story than Harry Potter. Like, it sounds like a more compelling story to me than Harry Potter. It might be interesting to see Lily, like, temper James. Like, you know, 
Lily be the one that like basically turns James into a more compassionate person or something like that? That was kind of what my initial yeah. like when you asked about that question. I'm like, I feel like it would be he falls in love with her and like she is a good influence on him. Like, I yeah. think that he yeah. he always loved her, but I'd like to see him dallying with other students because he can't have her. Like, she wouldn't be Hermione because Hermione wasn't that relatable for the first while. Lily would have one to would say to... ever really, but <laughs> fair enough. But um, I and it's the same thing with Sirius. Sirius never really grew. And I think that would be important to show. Um, even though he and James like loved each other, I would actually kind of like to see Sirius maybe be gay because of the relationship he had with James. I think that's why I'm more curious about like I'm curious about Dumbledore in this because then you get to actually play that aspect yeah. of the character in there somewhere. Yep, I just Dumbledore wouldn't be a big it wouldn't be a big figure in my universe. Yeah, I why well, I, I well. This is all happening, like, under his radar or something like that kind of thing. Well, I mean, I guess if you think about it, he's so overly involved in the Harry Potter thing because of the Chosen One factor. Yeah. Like, his regular student. how often would a regular student see Dumbledore? Never. You would never see them. Like, how often do you see the dean of the university that you're at? Like, never. I've never met the CEO of the company I work for. Like, that kind of stuff just doesn't happen. Like, for the most part, if you're in a big school, like, you're not seeing that guy all the time, right? But that's so, why it would be in, it would be cool to like have the backstory of Voldemort gaining power because you'd have to see the teachers talking and there'd be teachers who hadn't been there during Harry's run who could, you know, you, you'd have the Aurors involved, but it wouldn't be, the whole point is that that wouldn't be the main focus. It would yeah, be no, absolutely. Plot. And I think that would be scarier because you'd be, you know. You don't know. You, you would never know. get to know. Well, you know because it's Harry Potter and you kind of know what, what the story is, but you don't know what's going on exactly or at what point in the rise you're at. Yeah, it's like the World War Two vibe where you feel it coming, but nobody yeah. really knows how grandiose it's going to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like um, I would hate to be the poor casting director on this fucking thing who has to like go back and I can't remember McGonagall, like the actress's name, but like having to recast her or recast Snape or recast. Yeah, but they're 20 to 30 people. years younger. Yeah, but so... it's st- you're still just immediately going to have to draw a comparison to, like, the kid who plays Snape is fucked because he's being compared to Alan Rickman for the rest of his career. <laughs> this is why I'm saying you can't... You, it would be important to cast teachers that hadn't been mentioned predominantly in the Harry yeah. Potter books. Yeah. You know, you could have McGonagall as a side character, but there were a bunch of other teachers there that they don't ever mention, like the ones who taught muggle studies or the ones who... Well, most of them would be dead, right? Like, yeah. you got to figure there's enough time lapse that, like... And you would see teachers dying. Um, you could even see teachers in the fight. Like, that could be a subplot where mm-hmm. you have, you find, like, as the Death Eaters start to grow more powerful and start taking people down, that could be a big plot in, like, your, like, year seven kind of thing, where what happened to this teacher, we heard that she died, and then, like, but Snape knows because his he's friends involved. did it. Yeah, his friends did it because he's involved with Death Eaters and shit like that, right? You start seeing that kind of play. How cool would it be to watch a shift in Snape's character from the end of the season where, like, he sees, um, let's say it's, like, the, the, their sixth year, and he and Lily had this intense, like, chemistry for the longest time, and they've had their kiss and their romance, but then, like, he turned, you know, he called her a mudblood, and then at the final, like, in the final episode, you see her actually, like, in spite kiss James, like, not even... To like him and then in the next season opening you see just him he's like pale all of his he's let go of his appearance because that was the whole thing right he they started they called him snivelous but like he would try to look 
somewhat good for Lily. And at this point, you just see him like full on Death Eater, and maybe he's killed someone over the summer. I think I saw that kid at the Deftone show a couple weeks ago, actually. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. But you'd also have to see him just like be, you'd have to witness, and this would be a cool part for Dumbledore, you'd have to see the scene where he betrayed Lily. Mm. And betray- when he finds out that Voldemort's going to kill him and then finds Dumbledore um, on the um, on the hill and gives him his servitude, that would be one of the final episodes because you'd have to see him then after that, he, you'd, you'd see him go and find Lily dead in the house. See, like I said, I've said it like fourteen times now, but like I this is a this is a better story than Harry Potter. Like I want to see this. I would watch this show. I would subscribe to your newsletter. So <laughs> maybe I'll start a Kickstarter. There you go. The thing is, there's so many fan fictions about them out there, but I don't think they look at them in the the way that it's you know, it it's kind of a real love story that's just really sad. But yeah. So that's my that's my pitch. Nice. I like it. Yeah. I enjoy it. <laughs> and I worry because we've just we've been talking a long time. <laughs> it's yeah. like a two two and a half hours. It's all right. It's our fucking fiftieth episode. It's we our can 50th episode. yeah. We can go a little longer than usual. But um, you know what? I am gonna be wrapping it up soon. Though, unless you guys have anything else you want to say or add about your pitches. Um, and listeners, we would really love your feedback to hear what you think about all this stuff. And um, what, I look forward uh, to Paul's notes on this show, actually. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> but yeah, do you have any thoughts about what we've said? Do you have any ideas of your own? Any universes that you would like to write about? Let us know. We'd love to hear. Absolutely. Where can they, t- where can they send all this stuff to, Christy? Well, I was just about to say that. But that's usually what we do at the end of the episode. So I want to make sure that everybody was done talking. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I want to do, I so totally want to do this episode. Like, I want to do more of these now. Yeah. <laughs> well, we will. Maybe we should do them, like, every 20 or 10 or 20 episodes. Yeah. Maybe, like, the music thing where we go back to it every once in a while. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, if you want to tell us what you thought or give us any feedback or give us your own ideas, you can reach us on all kinds of social media platforms and email. Um, on our social media, you can reach us um, at our Facebook group, which is just... Um, Dance Robot Dance Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at um, at drd underscore podcast. You can find us on in on uh, various things like Shout Engine for listening online, Podcast Addict if you have an app on your Android phone or Apple um, and iTunes uh, podcasts in the music store. And um, you can also uh, send us an email. We are Dance Robot Dance Podcast at gmail.com, Right? Yep. Sure. That's right. And uh, sure. we don't ever get emails, but it's mostly Facebook. We might, we might get emails. I don't think anybody's checked it in a while. Mm-hmm. I haven't been in. There I check before. it once, a, once a month or so. <laughs> Lots of spam, right? Lots of spam. Lots of spam. Lots of notifications from Twitter. <laughs> but uh, we would really, really love to hear from you. So thank you so much for listening so far. If you've listened to one episode, if you listened to ten episodes, if you listened to all fifty episodes, we really appreciate you listening, and would love it if you gave us a rating or a subscribe on all of those channels. And uh, yeah, we hope um, we hope you have a good rest of your week. Until next time, when you hear from us again, this is Tim signing off. Thanks for listening, guys. Hope to see you around for the next fifty. This is Mark signing off. Uh, have a good night, guys. Um, I had something clever I was going to say, and I forgot it now. <laughs> That's how it goes. Mark fashion. Yeah. And this is Christy signing off. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you guys soon. Later days.
fuck is Later Days? From a Disney cartoon. <laughs> Alright. The Weekenders? <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs>